Blog Talk Radio. Think Mozart, huh? 
The love received so far has been so hard. There's a few dudes to run, but they medulas they sharp. Man, they so soft. Don't be thrown off any Zolar. Avoid them at all costs, like raccoons or skunks. But back to the regular scheduled program. The program is sponsored by Seven Heaven. What else in hell can you get an open line to heaven at 11-11? Emerge at the other end of those meditation portals and elevated walk tools. Even some abort tools. Any questions, comments, or concerns, press one. To everyone else, thanks for attending another session. I'm pleased to teach, but it's an honor to learn. Certainly, courtesy of KTL University. Oh, please don't be frightened. I'm terribly sorry about this. You are. Peace, family. Peace to you and yours. This is No The Ledge Radio, and you are now rocking with the best. Yes, indeed, this is your host, Brother Blue Pill. All right, I'm very soon to be joined by my co-host, Brother Red. Again, uh apologize for the lapse of silence and what have you. I'm on the highway again, and my phone just dropped, so I just had to call back in, just had to plug back in. Thank you for joining us tonight for this monumental special program. All right, we got another heater, another banger in store for the family. Okay, it will be falling right in line with the conversation we were having on this very same line on Friday night. Okay, this conversation is dedicated to the creatives out there. You know what I'm saying? Our art and science uh, elite, we like to call them. You know what I mean? the people that actually make the world go around. You know, um, it's my premise that the majority of this world is either ran off of science or fiction, but a combination of the two as well. So, you know, salute to our creatives. You know, uh, in the same vein of KTL Empowerment, I can't think of any other topic that we can talk about that empowers our creative class. You know, because these creatives are the people that create the content, which ultimately ends up becoming, you know, that level of um, intellectual property that creates empowerment. You know what I mean? Not only for themselves, but those associated with them as well. Those that either fund them or those that participate in the areas of business that creatives need help in such distribution, you know what I'm saying? And creatives are always actively opening up different channels for other creatives to come in, you know what I'm saying? Who want to get their projects off. Sometimes creatives just need to see that level of stimulation from another creative to actually get into their thing. So with all that being said, we we recognize the need and the necessity to provide a viable platform to showcase not only the creatives amongst us, but, you know, these happen to be uh, the accelerating creatives, you know what I'm saying, people that have already got their feet wet in the pond of 
you know, collective creativity, you know what I'm saying, people that have already struck the match and lit a fuse on, 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 you know, etching their name in the proverbial stone of, you know, that wall of greatness that we all aspire to inscribe our names upon, you know? So this show is going to be in the same vein as that, you know? Our guests are, I don't want to necessarily use the word uh, veterans, you know what I'm saying, because veterans has a connotation of old on it, but they're professionals, you know, in the uh, in the field of, of art, the field of visual art, you know, graphic novels, comic books, okay? They are leaders in their fields. So we're going to bring them forth tonight, and they're going to speak about their latest endeavor. But let me go and get the brother Red. I'm going to call him on the three-way real quick. So just give me a minute, y'all. All right. Peace, peace, peace to the family, peace to the family. Welcome to Know the Less Radio. This is your brother, the Red Pillar in the building, live and direct, as you can hear from the streets of New York. Goody. Yes, indeed, and I'm on a highway somewhere in Florida, on a back road someplace. You know, it's pitching right here. Always in transit, family, to navigate it. Yeah, you know, uh... Our good Oriental brothers have provided Wi-Fi on the bus, so I'm able to, yeah, be industrious, you know, in my travels as well. But look, look, Blue. Yeah. We've had the opportunity to see firsthand through even our even our involvement economically and through patience, we've seen those bus companies evolve, the evolution, we see them evolve into, you know, uh, Full-blown, yeah. Full-blown um, startups. And yeah, transportation outlets, yes. Yeah, outlets. And not only are these buses a uh, testament, you know, to what what one can get with consistency and cooperation, those two words right there, we're going to have to brand that concept in the minds of our people, consistency and cooperation, because what you see on these lines, what I'm able to testify because I'm seeing it over and over, you know, due to my the repetition of my travels, is that damn near every stop in every state, you know, they're either picking up or dropping off people from their clan, people from their tribe, you know what I'm saying? Consistently, you know, and there's a level of, of, of yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a level of cohesiveness and cooperation Amongst them, you know, where you don't see the cattiness, you know. But they don't, they don't yeah. pull out the ratchet. That's what yeah, they're they ratchet, but they when they got issues, they stop the bus. They'll pull over and, and, handle it. and handle it outside of the purview, you know, of the quote-unquote commoner. You know what I'm saying? Right. They don't let you observe that, you know. They take that outside. You feel me? They and um, a bus stop. Yeah. In the gambling room. 
they, they, they handle that, you know, just like right now, we just made a stop. You know, one of the people's is, you know, uploading something from the bottom and putting something in the bottom. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a business. Like, they business knows like, no pause. You feel yeah. me? Like, on every stop, they're doing business. They're either picking someone up or picking up cargo or dropping off cargo. So, yeah, it's a business model. Everywhere I go and travel across the country, you know what I'm saying? If I want to go and get some vegetable fried rice for extra vegetables, there's a continuity of that recipe that doesn't seem to be changing everywhere I go because, you know, these are the same dudes that you could find them on, you know, 116th one day. Yeah, they went, what they said, I'm getting it on, uh, in Ohio. They became them. They became. I moved all over state to state. They did that too. They packed up and went out of town, but they opened up restaurants. They opened up food carts. They opened up fruit carts. They opened up icy shops. Listen, the same way that um, I was getting on Peter Pan and moving that chicken. You understand? Our Mandarin-speaking brethren have come from across the seas. Okay, and now they rule the market on selling melanated people chicken everywhere around the country. What's fucking with them? And they don't even eat it, but they got the recipe that you niggas can't get away from. Whether you try to, I'm gonna kid you not, be, and I'm gonna be honest, I'm gonna keep it 100. Yesterday, yesterday, last night, I don't know if it was the moon, I don't know if I was going through something. But I had ordered, you know, because normally I cook every night, you know, but last night wasn't one of them nights, you know what I'm saying? I had to get home. I wanted to watch this game. You feel me? I was running a little late. I'm sitting in front of the spot. Get my broccoli right. I was like, yo, I feel like small fucking chicken wings, man. I'm like, I want the crispy Johns, you know what I mean? With the cellophane bag and you soak it down with the hot sauce, you know, you pluck it. Yeah, you pluck it out and the leg come off. That shit. I ain't do it, though. But I, I entertained the thought of it, you know what I'm saying? And that's like a journey within itself. You feel me? I was like, oh. I was remembering, you know what I'm saying? Like, it must have been large. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this chicken's real heavy, but, you know what I mean? Like I said, as much as they might be leaning on Nana for her recipe, they can't shake the Chinaman, you know what I'm saying? They got to go and get that Chinese food religiously. Facts. Beef, spare ribs, and all that. Like, you never seen Nana make that. What if Nana had her food cost? Every single meal that we ate during Thanksgiving. Yeah, Nana's errors is about to be, it's about to be a big teach. Nana's errors is about to be a bygone era because Nana's 35 now. So, you and the Nana's coming to. She used a microwave on Easter, for Easter dinner. Yeah, yeah, the whole yeah, concept. Uh, game is going. The whole concept of Nana is 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 going through a, a drastic uh, 
you know, remodeling and reshaping and up, upheaval, disruption as, you know, in the Internet jargon. Yeah, the disruption. But, but the disruption brings change. Yeah, good. The grandma model has been disrupted by 30 years. disrupted. Back. Uh, yeah. Feel me? That's a new algorithm. Look, yeah, like, I ain't going to put nobody's information out there. I was, I was speaking to a friend earlier. Yeah. I, I can't. That's going to build too much information. And I don't want to be chatty patty. But, um, yeah, you know. You don't it, want to be the TMZ of TMI. Yeah, you know, I ain't telling I ain't telling nobody business and I ain't telling no secrets by, you know, informing a family that is is forty year old grandparents out there. You know what I'm saying? You ain't telling them nothing they don't know though. They might not know it. I can name names though, but I ain't gonna do that. I'm just saying, family, trust me. It's thirty five and forty year old grandparents out here. You know, you might be in the Cleasy with them. But you know what I mean? keep in and mind, they, though, yeah. but also keep in mind that historically that was the case still. Historically? We did, we did multiply young ages. Historically, you said that was a story? Um, I didn't say I said historically. In history, when you go into history, that you will find that there were young grandmothers. At the same time that we have them now, there were young grandmothers back in the days. Okay. You know what I'm saying? There were women who were, um, you know, cons- and uh, even men who were considered grandparents at young ages because yeah. in the, in the, in the, in the tribes or the nations and whatnot, children didn't even have a long um, life expectancy. Yeah. 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 Look, my phone's about to drop for about five minutes. I'm going to call right back to a tunnel. I'm having an internet issue. You can't call right back. Well, call me and let me know when you're out of that situation, then I'll call you back. Okay, no problem. All right, but I'm going to need you to get to your computer. Nah, I'm going to be there in about about 10 minutes. Yes, indeed, family. So uh, first and foremost... I want to give a shout out. I want to definitely say thank you, everybody who joined us this past weekend um, for our webinar. The Law of Forty Four presents the theorem of everything. It was an astounding success. I started at four p.m. and I ended at twelve, around midnight. You know, I got a little late start, about a forty-minute late start. You know, I was introduced to this new platform, new technology. Worked through a few kinks, unfortunately. You know, that moon energy was super duper heavy. People have been giving me all sorts of uh, feedback and testimonies about what they was going through, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of people went through some challenging things. Only thing that I was challenged by was technology, you know what I'm saying? And I overcame it. Um, but it was a challenge nonetheless, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it was a learning experience and it was a. Uh, it was a very informative learning experience because with this particular learning experience, I was introduced to a new platform and there's much that can be done with this new platform. I, I, I love the um, usability of it. You know what I'm saying? I love the dexterity of this particular platform. I'm able to give live lectures and 
screen share, you know what I'm saying, and the family can still utilize the chat room, and the family can also uh, call in and listen, and we did a Q&A afterwards. But like I said, it was very extensive. I divulged a lot of information. You know, at the same time that I was doing my presentation, the uh, Wisconsin basketball team was beating Kentucky in Cavalier fashion. It was a very 44-oriented game. The star player, Frank the Tank, uh, Wakinski, you know, he had his birthday on that day. He turned 22. You know, uh, the coaches were screaming out 44. The commentators were screaming 44. It was drenched in 44 energy, you know what I'm saying? And it was the final four. And, you know, that's a testament to the law of 44. The outcome afterwards, you know, yesterday's game, uh, you know, that wasn't on the fourth. I'm not responsible for that either, you know what I'm saying? But there was 44 action in last night's game. Um, at the halftime, it was a tie score, 31 to 31. They played the Blue Devils. It was the red and the blue teams. And that, that tie score at halftime in the final four game hadn't been done since 1988. So that's 44 as well. The last time that they flashed the field goal percentages, both teams were shooting 44%. So that was like with five minutes left of the game. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what the outcome of the shooting percentage was. I didn't look into it. But Wisconsin did lose, and that taught a valuable lesson. You can have all the astrological, cosmological favors going for you in the world, and you can still end up losing, you know what I'm saying, if you're not on your A game. And when I watched that game, I just saw a lot of passivity, you know what I'm saying, in the face of them being up a little and, and, and like, taking that for granted. You can't ever take it for granted, you know what I'm saying? You have to demolish your opponent. You got to pound them into the dirt, you know? You got to make sure you put them 20 or 30-point leads up on them. And that's not what I saw, you know what I mean? They kind of got lackadaisical, and they paid the price, you know what I'm saying? So, but it's sports, and I'm not really into the sports. I just dig the numbers and the synchronicity of the event. Uh, 44 is epic. Hold on a second, y'all. Yeah, that's Red. He's going to call right back in. So, Rod, cool. I see you in the chat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they got eclipses all the time. You know what I'm saying? That's a natural occurrence. Yeah, the blood moon is something they do all the time, but you'll never in your life see a blood moon on April 4th, the last four minutes and 44 seconds. Okay? Ain't ever going to see that. Feel me? So, you know, this whole situation, uh, yeah, I got to bomb myself for that. You know, you got one or two options to consider. And you should be comfortable with whatever one you consider. You feel me? It's either a work of God or it's a work of your boy. You know what I'm saying? You got one, pick one, or it's a combination of both. And I'm more comfortable with that. You know what I'm saying? My 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 reaff- reaffirmation with my higher source was definitely solidified this past weekend when um, you know, I was able to do what I do in cavalier fashion. You know, not out of arrogance or anything I was able to share. And that's what I do. You know what I'm saying? I love sharing information, you know. And, you know, I I, I love just being able to build that bridge where we're able to give sight to people where sight previous, previously didn't exist. 
you know, that's what that's what we do. That's what Ra Cruz does. That's what A.A. Rashid does. That's what Mama Pill does. That's what KT does. That's what Red Pill does. That's what your brother Blue does. You know what I mean? That's what tonight's guests are going to do because they're going to explain to you the process of them, them doing something that has never been done prior to them doing it. You know what I'm saying? These are all trailblazers. You know, this platform is a platform for trailblazers. This platform is a platform where people come forth and, you know, this may be the very place where they do things that have never been done. And others come forth and, you know, speak about things that has never been done and, and, and that's the energy that they bring with them. They are the doers. Yeah. So this is a platform dedicated to the doers, you know what I'm saying, and the knowers. You feel me? When we say the, the God, manifestors. we mean, yeah, when we say God, yeah, we like, mean it in the sense God that God is a verb. Godding. Yes. yes. Godding. God is a verb. So, it's an action, you know, so. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I've I've been accused of being arrogant in my days. I've been accused of being um, full of myself. You know what I'm saying? Right. They, they said that I was a, a narcissistic. Right. But, you know, I told the people, I said, you know, there might be eclipses that fall into tetrads. You know what I'm saying? That might not be rare. There might be blood moons. Shit like that, you know. Raku told us that ain't rare. That ain't rare. Whatever in life, in your life, is you ever gonna see a blood moon on April fourth? The last four minutes, forty-four seconds. You're never gonna see that. <laughs> I mean, what else? Do you see? Do you Hold on. The final four game being played by a team in all red. And the player number 44's birthday is on April 4th, the same day. And this nigga turns 22, and he's part of shout. You never going to see that. You know what I'm saying? So, with all that being said, I said, I want to point to They can chalk it up. That's still God. Right? He's showing you diametrically. Accountable proof of his existence. It is dramatic. The iron soft working yeah. through numbers. Yeah. It's a common tool, and we could just keep it moving. You know? But I, anybody that studies Kabbalah, you know, you, you have to understand the people that study Kabbalah. They, like, like you said in your post the other day. They Google scholars, you know what I'm saying? And, and a lot of Google people are hearing this for the first time, and they, they get freaked out. I did a video with, with Brother Rich, you know, about this phenomenon. I got attacked by the Hebrew Israelites, you know what I'm saying? Because they was like, are you saying, bro, are you saying that you better than Yahweh? I'm like, why, why can't I say that that's the homie? Like, why can't Yahweh be showing his ass through me? Like, you know what I'm saying? They don't like my concept. I keep telling them that God is a twin. And these niggas say they read books. Yeah. Your books ain't old enough. God said he doubled himself. What do you think that means? <laughs> God negates so, himself to you know, experience himself. God twins himself. Yeah. 
I mean, some they were talking more about the fucking game, the Final Four, than they was about Easter. They forgot all about the fact that that was Big Homie's Resurrection Day. Like, come on, B. Jesus got washed up this weekend. Wasn't nobody talking about him. Everybody's talking about the blood moon. But anyway, I don't want to just jibber jab, you know what I'm saying? Um, there's a lot of conversations that have been taking place. And this is an extension of, of what we're talking about tonight. Like, what I prep, what I represented, what I presented this weekend by way of the law of 44, that's my intellectual property. This is a story that I'm writing, an illustration, a narrative, uh, a theology, if you will, in real time for people to witness, for the whole world to see. You know, you all get a chance to bear witness as part of your lifetime. You know what I'm saying? I'm literally fusing myself with a number, and that's creative. You know what I'm saying? I'm exercising my creative powers. I'm not harming anybody. You know, I'm not being blasphemous in the process. I'm very humble in my approach. I'm trying to have as much fun with it as, as I can. You feel me? Um, and it's, it's it's important for me that I have a level of ownership, though. So I have a finished product. I'm editing it. You know, there are people that are waiting for that finished product. It, it will be available. I'm actually heading back to New York to finalize the process so I could be on a more efficient editing software program. I'm also coming for our brother, Dr. Ben's service, so I'll be in New York for that. You know, uh, and, and then we're going to make some things happen. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get it to the people, and they're going to be very pleased with the final product. You know, because ever since I gave that one lecture on Saturday, I've got, like, 15 updates. You know what I'm saying? All type of shit popped off right after that. So, you know, I want to make sure that the product is as tight as possible, as recent and current as possible, because I'll be the same Negroes that start hitting me up trying to tell me about what happened that I didn't put in there. And, uh, you know, I want to hear that. I want to give you unanimous, you know, upstanding piece of product. So, you know, over the weekend, I kind of got a chance to do some research and read up on some things that I missed out on, like Brother Jay-Z and um, his acquisition of this company called Tidal, which is a streaming service. And I started reading, you know, uh, the Q&A that they did at the Clive Davis building. And it's worth noting that, of course, Jay-Z is Mr. 44, and he did the... uh, Q&A at the Clive Davis NYU building. Of course, Clive Davis was born on April 4th as well, but that's neither here nor there, right? Right? Yeah. And and the title is nothing but a tidal wave, and the wave is standing for this whole Korean aspect of things, and the Korean happens to be 44 as well. But what we're saying in terms of the creatives is that, you know, it's time for the creatives to take control. He's advancing the entire conversation that Dame Dash was having on a smaller, menial level. You know, it's like Dame was speaking to the street hustler, you know what I'm saying? The dude that could take $5 and turn it into 50 and take 50 and turn it into 500 You know, when Jay-Z's having a conversation, the dude that might want to invest that million dollars and see it turn into 10 because this $56 million investment turned into two and change in, in, in less than a month. You know what I'm saying? That's an epic flip. However, which way you flip it, even if he's just hustling, 
and the subscription don't even ended up being what, what you said it is or what you think it is. You know, it's still a model that introduces um, quality service, you know, quality audio, quality video, you know. It's still, even though I have my suspicions about the, the music industry not having its hand inside of this endeavor, it's still on the surface appears to be an alternative way to get music directly to the customer and the superior quality of music as well. Algorithm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the um, algorithm and the new business model. He actualized what Dane was talking about the same way that they did it yes, in the artist-manager relationship before. Remember, like Dee Miller broke down, it's the um, relationship between the entrepreneur and the artist. You know what I mean? Dame Dash being the uh, entrepreneur and Jay being an artist, but it's flipping around too. Dame Dash being an artist now and Dame, and um, Jay being an entrepreneur. So, yeah. And they double their money even, already. Yeah. Even Dame, yeah. Dame is using middleman. Dame is going to Vimeo for them to host, you know, his content, which is Los Cidos. So you go to Vimeo, and Vimeo is acting like Netflix, where they're holding his product or his content on their server, and when you make your purchase, you're allowed to download it from what I believe or play it, stream it directly, where Jay is now in ownership of an entire service, just streaming not only his content, but other people's content that are part of, right, to the equity owners and his business, Erica Badu, what I understand. Yeah, the Western the all-black cast Western movie on title. You know, Rihanna got the uh, American Oxygen song on title. Beyonce on the 4-4 anniversary of her and Jay-Z's marriage. Yeah, because they have 44 resonators. Did I mention that? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, she released a, a song. This, You know, he, video, he, he taped it with a video camera. You know what I'm saying? You know, released it on title. This is home shit, like home video and regular things. It's not always going to be about the, the big budget professional content, you know, just to be your, you know, to know these artists on a personal level and pay for it. It's no exactly. more free Twitter. You know what I mean? It's like exactly. you want to hear what we got to say, pay the subscription, and we'll tell you it inside of a video. You know, you don't see them doing Instagram videos or shit like that, but now they're going to give it to you on title. Now they're going to keep it funky. Now they're going to, instead of, like he said, going to Ferguson, he's like, you know, I sent J. Cole there. But these dudes are going to be having press conferences where you're going to have to pay money to see what they got to say. And I'm not mad if, because that's what people is interested in. If you think that these are your new leaders and you value what they got to say or their, their opinion, they're going to make you pay for that. Mm-hmm. You know? So well, the landscape they're gonna has make you become somewhat. a subscriber, right, or a member. You just you, you're part. Of, you're a member of the of the you know the network with a paid subscription. So now you're a a member, like you you're part of the company, you know. So that's what that twenty dollars yes. is like. It's like look, it's just once a month. I can imagine what you do with a twenty. Some people, I could give a laundry list of the things that I've seen done with the twenty. So to put it towards a company like that, that, you know, has a business model that you too can use, you know, it could be adapted by anybody with a network 
and uh, you know, they're showing yeah, the family. Yeah, my eyes. Yeah, my eyes are wide in regards to leverage. You know what I'm saying? What can be done? And I've been speaking about it prior to this, so I'm not even bandwagoning. But my eyes are a lot clearer now in regards to the flexibility. You know what I'm saying? Of having a streaming platform. Uh, so you know, in the vein of that, like I said, in the vein of Friday night's conversation we were having with A. Rashida owning your story about not abandoning your rhetoric but commodifying it, embracing it, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, comes tonight's program. It's a program is about and revelation crowdfunding campaign, okay? So these are the creative minds. These are the content creators of one of the most profound comic books, Brother Man Comics, to come out in 1990. Anybody that's into comics, you know what I'm saying? Especially our melanated brothers that are artists themselves. You know about these brothers. They are legends in the game, okay? Unprecedented in terms of their input and their achievements, you know, and what they have been able to do and who they've been able to inspire by that doing. So, you know, the beat goes on. And as true creators, you know, you never put your pen down. You never put your microphone down. You never stop creating. These brothers are taking advantage of the fact that, you know, there's still stories to be told. Technology has us to do that for a cheaper price and in a more expedient time manner. All right? So our brothers have retooled, re-energized their movements, and they're back for more. So we want to introduce the family right here tonight to this powerful funding campaign. All right. Brother Man Revelation, I want to begin by opening up the line for our third co-host, the third pillar. Okay. Our brother KT, the arch degree, call it from the 404-492. Peace. Peace, peace. What's the deal, red and blue? What's the deal? No, the lead family. We're here. What's going like I on? said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on literally on the information highway. I'm in the back roads of uh, Florida somewhere. You know what I'm saying? On a very dark highway, but I made it happen. A Wi-Fi went down. I just did my namaste's and what have you. Now it's up. Chat room oh, was yeah, open. You tapped into the grid. You tapped into the ley lines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. I'm in the backwoods of Georgia right now with the three kings. I'm back doing them with Georgia. We rolling. Yeah, man. Okay. We rolling with the kings. There we go. The little ones. I'm going to see them soon. Oh, yeah. They waiting on you. Yeah. They waiting on you. They sent red a text earlier. Okay. Okay. I know they're looking for yeah, they're looking for that Amir. Yeah, they are. They looking Liz for in the A turned up in the A town, yeah. So before we jump into tonight's presentation, I'm gonna salute you as well. I wasn't the only one putting in work. And I had to sit back after my presentation on Saturday and I was like, yo, my whole family was working under the blood moon. You know? Yes, of and I did my Cyros one forty three breakdown. Yeah, and I'm like, Yeah, the whole Cyros clip, you know. That's right. Me, Red. That's right. You, Mom. You feel me? 
That's right. So we put in work, yeah. man. Big shout out yeah, yeah. to our mother, our beautiful mother, Nat Thomas. Uh, you should have, you would have, man. Let me tell you, you would have been She's so proud. Line, you know? You'd have been so proud. You know, you got to bring her in so she could, because she, I know what she want to do. Give, give her, give her her quick. Yeah, bring her right, in. Mom, let's open four two four two hundred. What's good? Yeah, well, I want, I want to say, um, first of all, I want to say. I want to thank all three of you. Uh, I want to thank the Nodalege um, family, um, and I especially want to thank all the people that showed up at um, the Light of Love Part Two lecture this week, uh, this past weekend, the fourth, on that weekend of the of the Blood Moon. Yeah, we were all out there working. Um, I believe it. As you, as you. Other. I guess she's going to call back. Hello? I don't know what happened to their line. Family, if you're in the chat, can you tell me if you still hear me on the phone? All right, the family still hears me on the line. I don't know what happened to my co-hosts. I kind of, like, don't see any of them in the back office. This is crazy. This is crazy, uh, but these blog talk days are coming to an end. Let me open up Mama Pills' lines. All right? Mother, yes. 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 Well, oh, yeah. Well, I don't. I'm not quite okay, sure where KC. I dropped, where the call where the call dropped. You um, said. Can you guys tell me? You you was you was left you left us with um the people that came out to uh the venue. Oh yeah. Um. Uh. This this past uh Saturday. Um. Actually, yeah, yeah, the, the weekend moon, right. of the, of the blood moon and Easter. Uh. Like I said, just want to thank everybody. Um. You know the people. Really uh, uh, enjoyed uh, the um, the lecture as I know they enjoyed your webinar. Um, you know, because people, you know, people are seeking. You know, they are seeking. Um, they want to. They they know that there there's a way out there, and people are searching. You know, for a different way to do things. So um, I would say that you know. What people did walk away with this past Saturday was that you know great healing can come from um very using very simple tools you know that's really the irony of the thing you know we can, yes, indeed. we can use yeah we can use very simple tools and we can get amazing results because I would say um ninety percent of what uh, effective in helping bo- the body heal is uh, waste removal. Indeed. So, you know, yeah, yeah, this is basically like what we do at Greenleaf Herbal Solutions. 
Hello? Brett. Brett, hear me? hello? Yeah, I hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I yeah, can. Did mom, the mom's line drop? Yes, she did. Are you at the boards yet? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm juicing up the computer right now. It's loading up. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a funny thing happens. Like, her line drops and then KT line dropped as well. So, please be patient, family. We're going to be starting the show very shortly. Okay? Absolutely. Anything about this weekend that you want to speak on real quick? Yeah, yeah. Um, we're supposed to be in the KTL. Is going to be in the KTL. I mean, the ATL this weekend. That's that is uh, something that we're working on right now. If there's any of the listeners that are in the ATL, hit us up because we're going to be out there doing some, you know, some empowerment work. Some real, you know, like we're saying, we're building with the creators. We have some projects, and, you know, we'll be eager to build with the family who, you know, this is a skill set that, that, that's needed to, con, you know, to complete these projects that we have. So after the show, for the family that's out there, you know, hit us up at KTL Empowerment at Gmail. That's KTL Empowerment at Gmail. And um, before we leave, I want to set, I want to be able to set something up where all three, well, all of us, all four or five of us, you know, have a date for something in the future to do, you know. Yes, indeed. So. Yeah. Let me open up her line real quick. She can get her indeed. piece. Yes. Mother, she'll oh. be back on. Yeah, I'm back. Okay. So I don't, yes. again, I don't know what, I don't know what last hey, I Ma. heard. Hey. What's up? I'm good. How about you? Um, Congratulations about yeah, Saturday. That, I heard you guys, mm-hmm. uh, Went in there and did the thing. Yeah, yeah, we did, we did. Um, you know, we got this. You know, we 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 dedicate. Yeah. What? So, what was the last thing you heard before it called the call dropped again? Because I don't want to keep repeating. And you were saying that you know some of the simple methodology of, of healing. Oh that you yeah, take. I I I said great healing can come from simple tools, and I yes. and last. This past weekend, um, uh, Kamani and uh, Kamani and I and uh, Minister Inky, uh, our presentation basically was to remind people of that, um, and really the information, really the underlying um, statement or fact from all the information that we share with people is that ninety percent of or 100% of what really heals people is removing, like, 90% of the waste that's in people because, you know, that's basically what it is, is people are holding on to waste, um, oh, mental, yes. physical, and spiritual waste. So we were, just, we were just sharing with the people basic tools that help the body get rid of 90%, 100% of the waste. So... It's really about waste removal. I mean, that's we're living in a time when that but, is the underlining um, denominator that uh, is determined with with the majority of the people that you know um, are needing healing. And I've been um, taking 
And I'm like, wow. I said, I've been taking your colonies. Yes. And it, it, it just always bugs me out. And I'm like, where's that where's stuff hiding out from? at? Yeah, where's where, it coming where's, from? Like, yeah. real? That's coming from me? I know. I know. And, <laughs> and the thing about it is, the thing about it is what, what, what people really are needing to find, they're needing to find that force, that strength, that power, that action in their system that can help them thoroughly eliminate, you know, like release the, the waste material, both solid and liquid. It's like, you know, they're needing that, they're needing those tools that provide the strengthening of their chi energy. You know, they call it chi, and in yoga they call it prana. So that they, you know, the the, <clears throat> the ability, you know, is to strengthen your ability to get rid of that which is not serving you anymore, that which is undesirable. And that is all, that is on many realms, mental, physical, spiritual, you know, and physical. So that's really right, what the four. work is all about. Yeah, it's all four. Yeah, because, because uh, waste can be held in all those different levels and realms. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because yes, um, constipation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can have constipation. You can have emotional <laughs> constipation, spiritual spiritual constipation, and a lot of people, a lot of our people, are walking around with emotional constipation. They are. They. I mean, they are having emotional experiences that are still stuck inside of them. Taking yes. up space from from issues that happened when they were like five years old, and still yeah. holding on yeah. to that stuff. You see, however, there are there are simple tools that have been around from time immemorial that our ancestors have left to help people help us release these waste materials. I mean, and so all we have to do is be reminded about them and start restoring these things in, into our lives. And, you know, um, and as we, as we all um, shared with the audience on, on Saturday, um, well, what I should say is, you know, there's no way I can, exp I can share with the audience all the information that was disseminated. However, there will be a DVD of last Saturday's lecture available, and I think Arch Degree could probably uh, give the audience more um, details about when that would be available. But um, I want to again right. thank you guys. Yeah. I want to thank you guys for the platform, and I look forward to um, returning to Know the Ledge again, you know, to, you know, have a um, Yeah, I've been getting phone here. calls through the weekend. they like, you got to bring your mother back on. So, <laughs> you know yeah, where I'm just here. Yeah, 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 well, we do a we do a whole program, all of us together. We do a whole program together, and uh, again, um, people can get in touch with me uh, by um, either social media. I'm on Facebook under Annette Thomas, not Mama Pill, but Annette Thomas, and um, uh, we are also working on the Green Leaf Herbal Solution Facebook platform. It's not it's not complete, but it is there. Um, and, uh, you can also send me an email, greenleafherbs at gmail.com. And my phone contact is 
800-200-5469. And lastly, there's a website where the products are available, and that's um, greenleaf-herbs.com. So, again, I want to thank you guys. Right, hyphen is, yeah, that's the dash, like, Jay-Z. Like, shit, he got his name. Yeah, the hyphen. Yeah, yeah, that hyphen. Yeah, greenleaf-herbs.com. And and and, so you know, I, and they, I've they, had, I, they speak computer language. This day, that's <laughs> it, it's, they're like, what's that hashtag? Hyphen? <laughs> no hyphen. I want to. I want to. I want to also thank the Know the Ledge uh, audience uh, listeners that um, last last week when I was on, they 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 did go to Greenleaf Hyphen Herbs and they actually placed orders. So I want to I want to thank all of you, and what I wanted to say about the Chinese, um, the comments that y'all y'all you mentioned about the Chinese and their consistency. Yeah, uh, my and, father, um, you know, I, he hates me using Well, listen, um, <laughs> yeah, well, with 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 the Chinese, the Japanese, and the Koreans, you know, that's all the Asian family. Um, they all they all are they all are experiencing um commerce in America this in the same manner. Each of those groups. Right. That's yeah. But the one but the one thing that's diff, that's different between them and us is that they never did feel like they needed to have integration, nor did they go through that period of time in America where they they didn't they did the whole integration thing. Yeah, I mean, what I'm well, I I could I could go a little further on that. You know what I'm saying? We'll save that conversation for another time. But yeah, yeah. But, but I did want to say I did want to say. And and we've seen, that, you know. But that's why they're so successful that, as a business. They they're so successful yeah. as merchants because they came over here as merchants and when they came over here as merchants they didn't try to go into whole into the whole integration experience and and, and stop being merchants and go get jobs. Oh never. Yeah. No, they didn't do that. They didn't shut down all the Chinese restaurants and say, Oh, we're gonna go work at McDonalds. Nah, they come right over here as merchants and that's what they <laughs> stick doing. And they exactly, raise their children. Exactly right behind the counter with them to do the yes, same. Yeah. So, All so right. yeah. So that's just, so, that's one yeah, of the I differences. Wanna, right. Yeah. Okay. Yes, indeed. I want to say All thank right. you. We love you as always. Yes. We love can't you wait too, for you to return to this weekend. platform. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll be here waiting. All right. Okay. All you. right, guys. Peace. Love you. Peace. Okay, family. All right, so let me just read tonight's scripture real quick so we can jump right into the program. All right. Join us tonight for our ongoing discussion about crowdfunding, our elite creative class. We are joined by the esteemed creators of Brother Man Comics, one of the most heralded and successful independent comics of our genre ever. This team, consisting of real-life brothers, are returning with a follow-up graphic novel to their smash hit offering Brother Man which was introduced in 1990 at the New York City Black Expo. Join us tonight as we gear up to fund this epic project. Okay, family? Tune in. Class, my friends, is in session. Okay? 
And with no further ado, I want to open up the line. Caller from 404-834. Peace. Hey, peace. This is Dawood. I'm your boy Lay. Can you hear me? Peace, brother Dawood. Yes, indeed. Hey. All right. I'm not sure if uh, my brother Guy will be calling in because I, I tried to reach him, but he maybe have been doing things with his family and didn't, didn't get my message. But, um, but Brian McGee, my good friend Brian, who's also an integral part on the, the whole relaunch, he's doing the colors on the book and everything. He's, he's, he should be on the line as well from 404. Okay, 247? Yes. Yes. Caller from the 404-247. My brother Brian McGee, what's good with you, man? Peace, peace. What's good? What's good, y'all? Peace. Welcome back to the program, brothers. Thank, Thank you for having us. All. Yeah. It is to be in company of our creative greats, you know? Thank like you. I was telling yes, we've been having this conversation as of lately, you know, stimulating the minds of our audience to explain to them, you know, because many people, for whatever reason, you know, are led to believe that when it comes to comic books, graphic novels, animation, and things of that nature, you know, a lot of people don't know the back history. You know what I'm saying? Some people think that we don't have a leg in that race. And I often have to remind them of what you brothers did in the early 1990s. So I just want you to give them a very brief recap of exactly what that was. Okay. <clears throat> well, in um, basically, it, it the 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 journey began in 1989 when um, my brother, one of my brothers, uh, Jason and I, had had a custom airbus shop in East Orange, New Jersey. Because during the 80s, that was pretty much my thing. I was I was just doing custom airbus shirts and jackets and jeans and all that type of stuff. And I was I was, I actually built a citywide reputation in Philly. Uh, from 84 all the way up to 90 um, doing that. And what happened was the, the New York, when the New York City Black Expo started in 89, we had checked it out and said, hey, you know, nobody's doing anything like comics. And we said, hey, let, let's, let's make a comic book. But the comic book was just going to be a promotional item to advertise our store because we were in East Orange, New Jersey. So we just wanted to get that New York traffic to come over to our store. But as we we uh, called on my brother Guy at the time was living in Delaware, um, Guy came up, and I had a character in my sketchbook, Brother Man, but it it wasn't developed at the time because I had I had tons of ideas and concepts in my book. But we said, okay, let's let's do this, and you know we had developed the story, uh, drew the comic, started doing all our own campaigning on the book from nineteen. 19- and this is like the end of 89. So basically like you're talking like December 89 to uh, having the book ready for April, uh, April 1990. So we introduced it at the Black Expo. The book went off well. Nobody knew us back then. We did a 10,000 print run on our first book. By the end of that first year, we had reprinted the first book. We were reprinting the second book, and we were on to the third book. So we were up to like 40,000 books by the first year. Uh, going into the second and third year, we we flipped that to like 150,000 and 300,000. Then we're at half a million books by '93, 
And by 94, we're at 750,000 books. And a lot of people say, hey, you know, people who are fans of Brother Man, they always, you know, they say how Brother Man seemed to have disappeared. And they never knew what happened. And the reason why is because it was a family business. And being a family business, my mother died the night we were doing the, the day we were doing the Black Expo New York in 94 at the Javits Center. Uh, We found out that Friday night, the first night of the show, when we were actually at our apex, we were about to hit a million that year, easy. Um, We found out our mother died. And the following year when we were doing a comeback by opening up a, a, a grand World headquarters in Philly because we wanted to open up a uh, basically we wanted to bring it back to our hometown Philly and have like a headquarters where I could teach art classes books so kids in the neighborhood they come it's like basically taking like a you're building like a Marvel Comics or 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 Lucas Arts Films back in your own neighborhood so kids they can come in and they can see what you're doing right there take art classes from you but you're shipping all over the world that was our concept back then. But as we were doing that, my father died. And, you know, I was younger then, too. You know, I'm, I was at, I think, 30 at the time. So that that was uh, that was really heavy for us during that time. And it was almost like the pillars fell. And so Brother Man, even though we went up against a lot of, of uh, corporate battles and, oh, man, we had some stories to tell about, you know, how, how people were trying to block us from doing certain things. We had some sabotage on our order. Actually, our first order was sabotage in the mail. We didn't know what was up with that. But just to sum it up, we we, we fought all of that, and we, we triumphed over that, but it was the internal struggle that, that stopped. But Brother Man never fell off. People were still demanding the books. I just wasn't in a space to draw during that time because those were the – my parents were the icons that created – the drive in us to do what we did. So to lose them so abruptly at that point, it, it kind of left me in a space of, of um, what do you call it? Like, uh, it's almost like you're dizzy. Like, what's going on? How do I how do I do next? How do I do this? Because my family, I didn't do Brother Man by myself. I did it with my family. So I'm thinking, okay, I'll kickstart and get this thing going, you know, maybe the following year. I didn't realize it would be 18 years before we continued the book because it, it, it ended on a cliffhanger and everybody wanted to know, Hey, what happened next? Cause we were telling the origin of brother man and it ended um, where people were saying what happened next. And for basically for 12, 14 years, I was saying, I got to get back and finish this book. And it wasn't until my man, Brian McGee, who's, who's on the phone with me. Um, we met when we were over at cartoon network and Turner studios working and we just kind of bumped into each other I said, man, this brother's incredible. You know, I'm thinking in my mind, well, I wish I, I wish he can work with me, but I didn't realize he was he already knew about my reputation and wanted to work with me. So we kind of both wanted to work with each other, and then eventually came out, and then from there it was kind of like, yo, let's let's go in on this. But it was still another what six years, four to six years before we even got to this point. Now, so this has been a. Uh, uh, a journey. People have been waiting for this book for 18 years because I I still get people saying, "Yo, I'm waiting for you to finish the book." And to have um, basically ancestral energy on you because, ironically, I had a conversation with my mother the night she died, but I didn't know she was going to die. And she said, "Y'all got to keep going. Y'all got to keep pushing." With my father, right before he passed, I knew he was dying, but he said. Um, whatever you do, 
you got to keep the legacy going. So now I'm carrying, you know, I, I got to finish. And then right when we relaunched, when I was with Brian in 2010, my oldest brother, who was an influence on me, died. And his last words to me, I was trying to tell him what happens in the book because I knew he wouldn't be around. But he said, don't tell me what happens in the book. Just finish it. So for me, it was like I was carrying the weight of my family, like, yo, I got to get this thing done. But it was just, it was so overwhelming because the book is it's 300 pages. It's like we're illustrating a movie because we said we, we want people to see this in its full form of what it really is because this is like nothing people have seen before. So if we illustrate as a as a uh, uh, in-depth graphic novel, people can see the depths of it, and that's what brings us where we are <clears throat> where we are today, with uh, Brian McGee doing the colors, and actually that Brian does more than colors. So that's kind of like minimizing his his role because I consider him the master colorist, but he also helps me with with um, concept theory, uh, music production. Uh, he helped me to do the the score for Brother Man. We have the the theme song and other tracks that we create for for uh, concept music. And my brother Guy who's doing the writing. And there's a lot in between, but you know that's 25 years of consolidated information. Indeed. So that that's the intro. Indeed, indeed. So the journey leads us here today to where we are, this epic offering. Hold on, let me open up Red's line. Yeah, Red, you there? Brother Red. Okay. Brother KT, are you there? I just want to make sure that everybody's still, everybody's line is still up. Yes, Brother Red here, pardon me, the phone was on mute. Brother, that story was compelling. Yes, yes, indeed. The story that you just shared with us is a movie in itself. Um, Absolutely. You know, I want to salute you for being um, a groundbreaker, a legend, Mm -hmm. a visionary, and a, a pioneer, you know, and believe me when I tell you, you the the story that you forge and the path that you forge will be followed by uh, some powerful, powerful people, and they, you know, and you're mm-hmm. gonna, you know, you and your colleagues are gonna be known for that work, you know, brother Calder, um, all of the creative community, the animators, Aaron McGrutter, you know, brothers mm-hmm. are very essential to telling our story in the form of animation, which is the easiest way to exercise your imagination. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. You can tell any story on a, that, that you can conceive. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, in the same way that Spider-Man we, yeah. and X-Men and all of these comic books are being converted and adapted into being blockbuster um, films and productions, I too see the work that you brothers have been doing as, you know, the next, you know, when we create our film industry, when we get our thing together, those will be the books that we will create into films. Right. Exactly. Video games, you know. So it is imperative, family, that we are part of this uh, 
giant's journey, you know, that we are part of his journey and that we join, you know, the brand that he represents by voting, you know, which is what you do when you promote or investing because what you do with a crowdfunding campaign is you are actually now the investor in a dream, somebody, community, your network, and your collective, and you are responsible for allowing things to manifest. Now you play a hand in it. How great is that? You know, how powerful is that, that you could play a part and play a hand the same way 100 years ago our ancestors and the, Garvey, the Garveyites and the Garvey movement and the brothers and sisters in the, in the um, Elijah, the Nation of Islam movement, they were crowdfunding as well because they were putting their money towards these ideas and these concepts and these inventions and productions and everything that we need to move forward. But that might have been the longest intro for you, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to consolidate 25 years, but I wanted to make sure people understood Is Brian still on? I'm here. Oh, okay. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Brother. That was a that was that was that was a very short intro, as a matter of fact, because the story is so in depth, and it, it's like it's pretty epic. Like you said, it's like a movie in and of, in in and of itself. Um. I mean, I guess you know I could just give you a little bit of background on my involvement. Can everybody hear me all right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, when I, I discovered the comic book Brother Man in, um, I think it was like 95, and at that point I had start, just started my career as a toy designer and a character artist. I was doing little jobs here and there. Um, but there was a, there was an era, there was a time where I started getting calls from my, you know, my major clients like Warner Brothers and Disney. And I wanted to take, I, I wanted to take what I gained from opening my first Brother Man comic to a higher level. And as I was moving into those realms, I, uh, attempted to bring what I felt like was soul, like was, or you could call it hip hop. But when I saw those pages, I was like, okay, that's, that's, that's me. That's where I come from. You know, I, right. I, I know, I know you guys, I know where you guys are from. I'm from the Lower East Side, Manhattan. Um, there's lots of graffiti there. And I grew up with graffiti as a big influence on my uh, artistic, my, my, my eye. Yeah. As, as a background to your consciousness. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I just relish the idea of being able to store, sort of get into something like what Dawood had uh, and, and just be, you know, and, and just make, you know, do my thing, put my thing on it. Um, so maybe, what was it like? Eight years later, um, I had, after having lived in Los Angeles for eight years, um, I got the opportunity to move to Atlanta. A friend of my community we have in the industry told me that I would work there. there they, David Sims, this guy David Sims, the guy that created Brother Man, the comic that you like so much. I was like, bet, I'm going to meet him. And I, don't, I didn't know how to, you know, I was going to meet him, but I was just, okay, I'm going to meet the dude. And it turned out that we pretty much were neighbors. You know, his building where he worked was right across the way from where I worked. And um, when we met, it wasn't like, okay, this is Dawood. I didn't know who he was. We just kind of, you know, hit it off. 
and I, you know, uh, after some time of getting to know him a little bit, approached him with the idea of taking Brother Man, the the series, into a graphic novel era, into a full color, you know, digital illustration era, because you know, back in the day, when the uh, original comics were being produced, uh, the technology wasn't quite at the same level that we are at today. Um, you know, that that would has, has these I've seen these original pages of his with little bits of zipper tone. I don't know if y'all know what zipper tone is, but if you crack open one of those books you'll see that <clears throat> excuse me. You will see that the um pages are shaded with tones, with, with uh patterns, tiny dot patterns. So that was a signature look for back then. But I always wondered what it would look like if it was in full color, because the you know, the characters all had their own life to them and I'm man I would just I would love to get into that you know so I, I approached him with the idea of creating a graphic novel for brother man more out of selfish reasons I mean I I did feel the strong need that we needed some we needed to own our own images we need to put uh, promote our own images and not wait for other people to do it and I'm you know I've always been a strong believer in responsibility but I was a fan first you know, and um, then I, you know, after some time of meetings and talks about how to move forward, I realized that the universe of that that this this character lives in, big city, the environment that he lives in, is like the characters. It has its own life to it. So I really started getting into it and understanding like there's there's de- there's a depth to this here that that. Uh, that really needs to be expressed and there's a story that really needs to be told. And so on the strength of that, pardon me? No, I, I just wanted to get your opinion as somebody that's in the industry, somebody that's familiar with the genre, you know, why do you think now in particular the last two or three years, they've been making a push to turn some of our, you know, favorite childhood comic books into not only movies, now TV series, things that is. What is my opinion on that? Um, yes. I think, I think that it could possibly be an attempt to uh, suppress something. Um, I, I've, I've had a very strong feeling that there's an error coming where we are empowered enough to do what we're doing right now. I always saw this happening, you know, whether we, you know, we did crowdfunding or whatever, it was going to happen. And so, um, and, I, and I see people watching us, people are keeping an eye on things. People, the big heavies are actually got their ears and eyes open because I've seen it from within certain high level jobs that I've had. Uh, you know, we already got your ear, you know, so why don't we just take Spider-Man and make him black so that you'll pay more more attention? It's basically, you know, they're already controlling your image. They're going to change any of their characters black. They could change Mickey Mouse black tomorrow, and y'all would be like, yo, that's me right there, you know, but this is a way of controlling your image. And it's, it's, it's I think it's duplicitous, personally. I mean... I'm all for, uh, you know, diversity, but it's just, it's a little bit sneaky to me. It, it feels a little bit, you know what I mean? It's a little bit. Right. Uh, Actually, um, 
my brother guys and I hear he he coined his phrase, uh, "hand me down heroes." And yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when we when we when we were first working on Brother Man Number One, we had we had predicted because during this time there there was no black comic book movement. It was like, hey, this is what's going to happen when Brother Man comes out. I said, there's going to be you know an onslaught of you know black independence. There's going to be some, uh, black businesses pushed by larger white businesses that are probably shadowing the businesses. And this is in 1990 when we're saying And we said there's also going to be the the, uh, the the blackening of characters that we already know. And we had conversations about that of this is what's going to happen. So then when it started happening, we said, hey, look, it's happening. But that wasn't – I didn't look at that as – you know, me just knowing what's up. It's just, if you look at things historically, that always happens. You know, things come out of the neighborhood. You know, you, you, you know, people see, you know, there's a movement going on in the hood or, or somewhere where it's not popular to the masses. Then you have somebody within that culture who, who's trying to get it out there, but they're not financed. They don't have the capital, but they understand people need to see this. But then somebody else outside the culture who has the capital can come in, replicate it, put it out there, and then that snuffs out the person who genuinely came from the culture but did not have the, the, the resources to to match that person who can put it out there. But then what happens is people think it's like it's equal, but they think the other person who had the financing was just more superior when it's not a superior product. It's just they were able to get it out overnight. So if you understand that theory, it it cycles itself. It just keeps happening. It happens with hip hop. It happens with just about every genre of of, of black music. Where when you look at yeah. it, who 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 are the faces on it now? And and so now with with the the to me to have the uh, characters become black, I can tell that to that black audience. But you're not giving the black well, to me, I don't really like somebody to give me something anyway, but that is what it is. It's like, let's give them something that they can say is theirs, but it's not really yours because Spider-Man is still theirs. Personally, to me, I see it as, um, this is just how I see it. Like when my brother said, hand me down heroes, I say, yeah, it's, it's almost like somebody sweated up, you know, the long johns and said, okay, I'm done with these. Now you can wear them. I, I'm not going to be excited to wear them. I'm going to go get my own. You see what I'm saying? And that's right. what we do. We, I'm not concerned about um, are they going to make such and such black? Are they going to uh, put some, somebody, add somebody to their universe who looks like me? I'm like, yo, I'd rather just make my own universe where, like, my characters go home. They go home to a mom and a dad. They got cousins. They got uncles, aunts. They got, they, you can see the community that they come from because the other heroes, we see their community. So we're not doing anything that anybody – everybody else is doing what they do to to advance their culture, but for some reason, in in this state that we're in now, it's almost like we're not. It's like we're not supposed to create our own universe when we're creators. If we're creators, we do whatever we want, you know. So, so I just wanted to add that onto what what Brian was saying because I, I agree with that. Thank you. Hello, Brian. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. So I want you to continue. I think I kind of like 
Oh, David, between um, asked you that oh, question. Oh no, what I, what was the question again? I thought I thought I was finished, but let me let me make sure. No, no, I'm saying I had came in between what you were saying. You were building, and and I kind of like inserted that question in there in the midst of your building. Were you finished saying what you wanted to say, or? Uh, yeah, I was just trying to give you the uh, the kind of basic outline of the history of my involvement in the project. Um, I would mention right. that I'm not, you know, I'm not just um, doing colors, but um, co- I'm co-creating. Um, I mean, you, you, once once you get to the point where you are familiar with the world, there it's like there's, it's just a specific vibe. Like I don't know how to even describe it until you see what we have in our heads. You know, it's I mean that's the whole. That's the whole thing about being a creative. You, you know, you're about to, you're giving birth to a whole universe, um, and and the, the I think the closest thing that I can compare uh, what Dawood and his brothers have built is to uh, kind of a universe like um, like a, a Star Wars kind of universe where there's different cultures and there's different types of characters inter intermingling. It has its own politics. It has, I mean, this particular universe, there's, you know, they're, the, the kids have their own, you know, type of entertainment, which we will also uh, in, integrate into the storyline at some point. Um, and that's pretty much why the, it, the book is going to be uh, over 300 pages, because can't, we can't just squeeze everything out into a little 24-page little, you know, little comic book. It's bigger now. It's It's taken on its own. It started breathing. You know, and um, and that's why I think it's appropriate that we bring that new dimension of color into it. And I hope everybody else agrees with it. You know, I'm I'm not, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident that that fans and those who are not familiar with Brother Man will see the value and begin to love it. I I, I have seen with my own eyes people coming up to the brother and start crying because the story that was written, you know, back in the, the series, changed their life to the point where it kept them out of gangs, kept them out of jail, kept them off drugs, and it was an inspiration. So when I hear that, that's definitely something that I want to be a part of, and I'd be lucky to, to, to contribute the way I am. Indeed. Indeed. Now, our Brother Daoud. Yes, sir. For my creatives out there, even for, you know, the children or those who are uh, childlike at mind, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and still looking for that space and place where, you know, some people lost their imagination and they, they don't know how, you know what I'm saying, and some people live their entire lives trying to find it. Not necessarily on a Peter Pan shit, but, you know, just trying to find, uh, as a creator and as a creative I thought that everybody thought, you know, something similar to how I thought. I thought people were always immersed in their imaginative minds and what have you. And people is like, nah, like that's that's not, you know, the reality of the situation. You know, they're getting a lot of their uh, glimpses of reality through uh, a cracked mirror, that being, you know, what media is feeding them things of that nature or how they look outside of themselves and see society and they, they kind of, you know, march to that beat, you know, what would you su- suggest to 
a right imaginative mind out there or even somebody who can't seem to get back into their imaginative self, like what space and place were you in when you were able to create a whole city? You know, what were you drawing upon to pull that outside of yourself? Okay, well, I understand exactly what you're saying, and that's one of the, the things that I actually um, created a uh, um, an art instructional video back in 99 called Drawing from the Soul. And it started off as an art instructional video, but it's now a method of, of thinking and instruction because I, I teach students uh I taught children all over the place. I, I taught adult classes, universities, and all kinds of places. And I bring that up because it's not just about drawing nice pictures or drawing cool pictures, but, you know, I, and I don't think, you know, what you have to draw. What you draw is what you, you know, that's your imagination. That's what you put out. But like what you're saying, sometimes some students, they hit, they hit this wall where I think what happens is, the way the way technology is moving, even before that, we're bombarded with images where we create instead of from inside out, we create from outside in. So when we think in terms of our culture, and if you're if you're part of a culture that's pretty much uh, discombobulated, and you're not really um, seeing yourself, then a lot of times you're when when you're being created. Your creativity is rooted in someone else's creativity. Now, there's nothing wrong with being inspired because inspiration is good, you know. But sometimes when you, you're sitting down and you're drawing and say, you know, I, I love anime. You know, there's nothing wrong with, with loving anime because the creators of anime, they put themselves into their work. They, they create their work at the highest level of excellence, and that's why it's so impactful maybe in your mind. So the thing is you have to look at Japanese history, Japanese culture. Why do they create the way they create? Why do they create these stories that reflect these types of things that I love? So it's like, okay, well, you could do the same thing. You don't have to be like them. You can look at your culture. You can look at your story. And it doesn't necessarily mean, like, I have to go back 500, 1,000 years. Look at your grandma. Talk to your grandma. She, she, she probably got mad stories to tell that need to be illustrated. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah. look at the things that you just love. I mean, what, what you like? When I came up, you know, I like science fiction. I like, um, you know, those old Sinbad movies. You know, I like hip hop. You know, I see DJ since you know I was fourteen years old. Um, I like humor. I like action. And and I think it was it was a, a amalgamation of all of that along with my father. Uh, who always kept, you know, kept us on on the, uh, you know, looking at ourselves, looking at our our history, because he he was a, a researcher and he always actually he had me look at my comic books. I burned my comic books when I was like sixth or seventh grade, and that's just like my pop. He hit me he hit me to the images in there. He never taught me to do it, but that's just kind of mind state I was in back then, like. Um, why am I spending my money on this stuff if it's pro- if it's projecting images of me like this? And I was just done with it. And so since I was done with the comics, I wasn't really – I didn't create Brother Man from the love of comic books. I created Brother Man from the love of what I saw in my people. 
And I felt as though, you know, growing up in Philly, you know, I used to ride the, the subway and the bus. And, you know, all my family's from Jersey City, so, you know, I was always up there in New York. And to me, the people on the street, you know, that, that that's what, what I identified with in terms of the socialization of even when hip-hop came along with Grandmaster Flash and The Furious Five, I was like, wow, that sounds like superheroes. You know, I was in ninth grade when I first heard super rap, and I was like, what is this? You know, so in your mind, that's an imagination. It's like, but because I didn't see it in a comic book form, you know, it's not like it's going to be something that's going to influence me, um, uh, you know, like I want to be like this person who does hip-hop comics because there were no hip-hop comics. So, what I'm trying to say to, to younger people is look at look at the things that you love. You don't have to create like say I do it you know, say somebody they do a comic book and say, Okay, well I'm a, I'm gonna make something like Hulk. I'm gonna make something like Spider Man because that's what's popular and then you end up really being caught up in the mode of what Stan Lee created and that was Stan Lee's thing for his time. Now it's time for you to create something for your time. And sometimes some people, they don't think their lives are interesting. Well, you know, nobody wants to read about my life. Why not? You see what I'm saying? So that's drawing from the soul. Draw from who you are. Don't worry about what they do. The reason why their stories are larger than life is because they take Asians and Indians, everybody. They take their stories from their culture. They make them larger than life so that you look at it and say, wow, I want to be like that guy. So you make something that makes them say, like, yo, I want to be like you. So you do that through um, expanding your uh, or expressing who you are and, and, and thrusting that out there into the universe and show people, hey, I'm great. And then once you start doing that, the, the imagination kind of takes over because I can't tell where, where the concept of Big City and Brother Man really flows from because even with me and my brother, it's it's like we just see it. I don't really have to ask uh-huh. him too much. He does it. The way, the way he writes is the way I draw. And we rarely have any discrepancy on it. Then when Brian jumped in, he was one of the few people who came on board and was like, he gets it. And then when we come together, it's just like, man, this is just the beginning. We have yet to really expand this universe. So that's what I tell the younger kids. I say, don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Just create what you want to create and then I, I've seen my students. I mean, a lot of my students that I had 15 years ago are professionals in the industry now, and this stuff is blowing me away. And they credit what I told them years ago. So I, I, I know it works, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I hope that that, that explains so, I, I I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it definitely does. Um, you know, hopefully there's a, a 9- or a 10-year-old listening to this program. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Is there any particular approach, like, does the character come before the storyline, or does it all determine on the creative? That, and that's relative, because people ask how me and my brother create. And and like I said, Brother Man was a character I had in my sketchbook. The guy brought the guy brought the initial concept to it in a in a in a, a meeting that we had at the house, and we just once guy threw out the first. Con- uh, initial concepts, it's just started to snowball. But as we do the book, some things guy writes and says, okay, this is going to happen. Here's a new character. And then I have to create the character based on what guy wrote. And then as I'm working on it, I in I may add a little character who's in a scene 
but this character is just kind of like, where did this guy come from? And the guy said, oh, I like that guy. Have him do this. And next, you know, that character becomes popular. So creativity, and this is one thing I tell my students too, there, there's no laws to it. You do whatever you want. And that's what I think right. sometimes when, when, as we get, like, that's why when children, when I teach the children, it's funny because they're hilarious. They, they'll draw a picture and I was like, man, how do you come up with that? They got all kinds of crazy stuff going on in the drawing and they can just keep talking and talking and talking and talking because it's endless in terms of what's happening in the picture. When you get older, you get trained, you get taught, you got to do this, you have to do it this way, do that way. And then what happens is, you might have a, 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 a child who's like 13 or 14 and you want him to explain the picture. By that time, he's mumbling. You try to get him to, you know, what's in the picture? And, uh, and, and because you can tell it's a lot of the creativity has been been stifled in them. Well, they're trying to be cool. You know, I'm cool. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to act like I'm silly or nothing like that or whatever, it's like, yo, man, just be creative. Just You ain't got to be silly. Just be who you are. You know what I'm saying? So for young kids, I just tell them, like, just maintain the the fun of what you do. I, I think that's what it is. I mean, I, I'm 50 years old now, and to be honest, I just, I still think, I wouldn't say I, I think like a child. I just think with the fun that I had as a child. I don't like thinking in terms of, oh, right. I'm 50 now. I got to... I got to start dressing like this and walking around like this. And, and you know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, I'm going to have I, – I like to be in that creative playground in my mind. And I think that's the only reason why I have fun with the children because they, they can ide- I can identify with what they're doing, and we all like to draw together. You know what I'm saying? Right. Indeed. Absolutely. Um, can you briefly speak on – yeah, can you briefly speak on the advancement of the technology? You know, we know about technology in a lot of other fields, you know, and our people might be familiar with technology based on their phones or their Macs, you know what I'm saying, or they might see things that are going on with apps. But speak about the advancements of technology in the animation world, you know what I mean? Like, are there amazing things that are available? We hear about so many pieces of technology that's democratizing all of these different industries. What's going on in the industry of animation, visual graphics, and drawing, and things of that nature? Oh, but I take that. That's a good one for you. <laughs> the Cintiq is my best friend. <laughs> There's yeah. this, uh, it's, it's a monitor that you draw on. So rather than working uh a mouse to control your your stylus or whatever you know whatever drawing program you have you have a screen that is sensitive to the the stylus that comes with it the drawing pen so you're basically drawing on the computer screen and for years for for years we had to draw with a mouse which was very difficult some people still do it but it's just, it was I just never got the hang of it and then came the Wacom tablet, which is a great little invention. It lets people draw on a, on a tablet, which is connected to your computer. And that's how, that's how I was introduced to it when I was working at Disney. And then we went to, when I, by the time I got to Cartoon Network, Cintiq had come out. We started off with the old you know, Wacom tablet, 
but uh, we got the, we got them to we got them to finance these twenty one inch screens that you draw. So you basically have two screens. One is your 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 main screen, your main desktop screen, and then you have a sides uh, uh, unit called the Cintiq, which you use to interface with with any whatever software you have. In my case, is Photoshop. <clears throat> Pardon me. And uh, then there's this new device that came out. Uh, I think it was. I'm not sure if it was last year or the year before or whatever. I think maybe the year before. Called this uh, the the Cintiq. Uh, blank in here. Sorry. It's called the Cintiq. Oh. Um, uh, uh, you know. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, ah, crap. It starts with a C. I think it's, uh, it's like the it's companion. the companion companion. Yes. Yeah. So this is a this is a small uh, small computer meant for artists. I think it's meant for artists. Yeah, it is meant for artists. And it's basically what I just explained to you. That, but it doesn't plug into an extra computer. It's its own computer and it runs on Android software. So wow. that's that's pretty useful. Yeah, people are loving How that. It's very that? lightweight. It's the Cintiq uh, C I N T I Q. Right. Go on, the, go on to look that up, and it's the companion Cintiq companion. Cintiq. And you'll find that, yeah. And uh, because a lot of people that we put. Okay. I put up a lot of you know some some tutorials or some videos drawing videos on YouTube, and a lot of people were asking. What are you using? What kind of mouse is that? You know, I'm, real, I'm realizing like, wow, people don't know. So yeah, that's that's something that uh, people might want to look into. They they run about between 900 to what was yours? D? Was yours? He got one of the higher end ones, but no, no, no. Mine, mine is mine's an older model, but it's still relevant. Like mine was about a G. I got mine. I got mine refurbished from Mac Mall. For about a G, but they they can go for like two Gs and up. But uh, you know, to me, mine mine does the job. I don't I don't really always worry about having the latest this and that if it's doing the job because I feel like you know that everybody feel like they gotta have the latest this and that. That's, that's like saying like I gotta have the latest pencil. Yeah. <laughs> you gonna draw? You can't draw. You know what I mean? So. Just get what you can afford. Use that until it runs yeah, yeah. out. Then next one, you know. And then there's so Photoshop. You know, we all we, we all use Photoshop. You know, but is that can get expensive. But they got a software like Photoshop called GIMP. It's for uh, it's open source software for students, people with not a lot oh, of big G- budget. But G I M P. Wow. So that's something for folks just, to check out. Breaking up. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you, sir. I said, does it work just like Photoshop? It, it's supposed to be just like Photoshop. I mean, it may it may be a little bit limited, but I mean, Photoshop is is a huge software. A huge. It's got so many different ways to use it. Uh, I mean, I I don't think there are many limitations to the way that you can use uh, uh, Photoshop. Um. But as far as for drawing, it's not the cheapest and it's not the fastest. And so I, I like you know people to check. I'd like the people to check into a Corel Painter. That's one software that's cheaper, 
it's faster for drawing. The, the rendering engine is faster. Um, so yeah, that's the brother in the chat into. asked me to ask you, what, what do you think about the Surface Pro Three? That I have yeah. some pretty good little program. That's a pretty cool stuff. I'm getting that. Yeah, I, I had that one. Uh, oh, incidentally, um, yeah, yeah, I had that. Incidentally, my brother just texted me and said he's in the queue. Guy is in there. Um, you heard, you heard me? Yes, yes, five four zero. Yeah, this guy. He said he he's on. He just texted me. I said I'll, I'll let y'all know. But yeah, I, I, I have this yes, yes, sir. Peace, yeah, you brother. All right, hey, how you doing tonight? Greetings. Hey. Good, good. How's everybody? I hear you talking. I'm going to throw in my two cents just so I can jump right into the conversation. Uh, one, Surface <laughs> Pro, very cool. Uh, two, when it comes to technology, I'm a, I'm on the writing side of the, the project, and uh, when I listen to them and how much they spend on their project, things they do, it's outstanding. Mine, I'm, I'm a very low-maintenance and low-cost uh skill. Right. Uh, I, I mean, I'm really a pencil and paper uh, kind of person. Right. Just, you know, just typing. I think um, the the biggest uh, uh, help uh, in technology-wise was the advancement of um, email and faxing, because before I would either have to hand carry stuff to, to my brothers or mail it to them. So, and now, you know, we have enough technology now that we can do things uh, simultaneously, so uh, that way I can jump jump right into the conversation. So now I'm ready. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yes, brother Brian, can you drop your YouTube page? Did you have your your sketches on your tutorials? Brian on? You lose him? Hello, brother Brian. Oh, I'm sorry. I had it on mute. <laughs> um, I was gonna. I was saying uh, I'm gonna have to go look for the links and then I'll put it in the chat. Okay. Got it. Got it. So yes, uh, this guy, correct, brother guy? Yeah, that's correct. Yes, so tell us something about your process. Tell us about, you know, the journey that you have taken with these great creatives. Okay, well, I, I think Dawood might have covered a lot of it when he talked about uh, things that happened in our our family home. Uh, and I'll just uh, share my from my perspective. I had Dawood by, a, by, I think, by four years, but it's still the same. Our, our, our parents are very um, uh, supportive of, Anything that we wanted to do, anything talent-wise, and, and if you said you needed something, they would try to find it. But for the most part, you know, like for me as as a writer, I really just did a I did a lot of reading um, in the house. Um, I did a lot of reading outside on the on the streets with my hanging out with my friends. Did a lot of writing outside with my friends and at church. And so people knew that that's what I like to do. And so I I am very fortunate that um you know my my peers. And, and my parents and people in school are very supportive of it. I've always been surprised when I heard people who like to write, they hid it because they felt like people didn't 
um, respect or respond to what they did, and and that was not my experience, and so that's what kept me uh, going. You know, I read a lot of different stuff just so I and, and tried different styles, and so by the time that you know uh, Dawood got of age and and he was expressing his talent, you know, our talents together they just complemented each other, and we just you know do things around the house, and I think one of the I can't even think one of one of the first early projects, but I know that we we did a book on a Kwanzaa, one of the first children's books on Kwanzaa. The Kwanzaa kids love the Seven Principles. You know, once again, a story right. I wrote, then he illustrated. Um, you know, we worked on projects for other people together, but when we came to the to the comics, you know, he talked about having the brother man character in his sketchbook. I had the a story about a character, the Duke Denham character that I had written, you know, I don't know how many years before that, but I just, you know, I keep all my stuff in a box. So when it came time to come up with some character names, I, I always liked that character. And so that's how I kept it. But for me, you know, you know, when I construct a story, I'm trying to think of what is what is the message that I'm trying to convey. And then I try to craft uh, the story around the message. And, and so all the characters and the situations are just metaphors for what, you know, uh, what I'm trying to get across. And right. I think I heard Dawood say that we, we don't have to do a lot of explaining to one another, which is which is great because it really does speed up the process. And I, like I said, and I I can tell them what, we're, what, what I'm thinking and I can write down, I'll say, hey, in, in panel one, I'm, I'm just looking at this. In panel two, I'm looking at this. And this is what people are going to say. And that's all I have to say because then he he takes it, and I know that he's going to uh, do some good work with it. And and I hope right. that I, and I, it just goes back and so, forth that way. Right. Yeah. Does does the writer direct the process, or is the artist actually creating, you know, the 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 tapestry for which the words are now giving some sort of flesh to? I would say it is a combination of that. I think in the in the very very beginning, you know, like if he if he designs characters and says, "Hey, we're going this is what this person could look like. This is what this person could look like." At the same time, I'm sitting there and I say, "Well, we have this character, and this character needs to be complemented by this kind of character, and then you got to have this kind of character." You know, I might not know what they look like, but I know. Okay, you got your you know, there's like a, a archetype in in characters that if you have this person, you got to have someone who who bounces up against that person. Everyone can't be like that person. They got to have something that that gives them some push and pull. And so I'll say that. So that's how we got uh, Melody Rich. I, I said I knew I wanted a female character. I wanted someone who's kind of on par with him, but maybe even going in a different direction. You got to have the, you know, they they have a boss. Who do they respond to? And what, you know, at that time I didn't have the full background on that character, but we knew that he had a different past, and they respond to him differently. And then Dawood drew the pictures, you know, who they look like. But when it comes to the story, you know, we'll talk about, hey, you know, I might throw out, hey, I think we could try this, and Dawood will just say, hey, go ahead and start with it. And I don't know if I call it directing. But I know that things I do is very on the front end uh, of of the process, and then then we're very collaborative. And he might say, "Hey, it's going this way, great. What about if we we try this?" And then you know, so then we become 
we're like we're like building a road. We're construction workers, and we're just you know we we can alter the map. Like he said, you can do what you want as long as you keep your your own rules intact, and um and that's 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 the process, you know. But yeah, I, I am though very very upfront on the front end, and then we we both go back and forth through the through the whole process. Indeed. Indeed. So we almost have the eleven eleven o'clock mark. I want you to at least give the family the the online destination of where they can find this crowdfunding campaign. You know what I'm saying? I want them to uh you know Sure. Sure, I'll go I'll, I'll give it to you so I'll take my I know I know Dawood said he's gonna put it I think someone can put it in on the um the chat room, but I'll I'll call it out. It's I G G dot me backslash at and that's the word at A T backslash brother man. Actually and, and let me add this. If you go to our homepage, the link is right there. So you can go to brothermancomics.com, brotherman, com, and also BCE Pressworks, which is Big City Entertainment Pressworks. That's the company Guy's running, which is the book publishing division of Big City Entertainment. So if you go to bcepressworks.com or brothermancomics.com, that link will take you directly to the link Guy mentioned on Indiegogo, and you can help support us. We just started the campaign yesterday, and we have 30 days to um, raise the funds that we need to get the book printed, distributed, marketed, and all the information is there because this is a this is a very expensive project, and we 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 have a tendency to do a lot of things ourselves because that that's all we have. So we said, you know, let's. Let's let's try reaching out to the people now that we have this avenue, and let's see how it goes. Indeed. Can you speak briefly about the distribution process? Because, again, this is an angle that you have um, commandeered on your own a few years ago. And when I say a few years ago, I mean when you initially came out in the 90s. Things have changed. How do you see the particular uh, fields in regards to independent distribution, you know, is it a lot easier? You know what I'm saying? And if so, what has pretty much evened up the playing field? You know, what are you seeing that makes you more excited this go around? Um, I'll let Guy add some to that. I'll, I'll just say initially, I see using a combination of what we did in the past pre-internet and uh, there's a lot of advantages to now living in the digital age because I think I yes. think some people get, get caught up in the digital age where it's almost like, you know, I'm on Facebook all the time, but I don't ever go out and, and go to events and really mingle in, in real life. And I think it's the same thing where, okay, all I have to do is just put this up online and sell my books online, but I'm about, you know, let, well, let's, let's, Let's hit up stores direct. We let let's go directly to some of these people here and there, and I don't think that that takes away from you know you have your worldwide access, but sometimes you can sell a lot of stuff just to to by building a base of people that know you that that talk to you because they become loyal customers, and sometimes they order more than what you may sell online because back in the day we were selling 
a lot of books to stores individually, and we were bypassing a lot of distributors who knew us, and they they were building businesses off of distribution, and we knew distribution was the lifeblood of what we did. But now, you know, like what Guy's doing uh, with his book, The Cold Heart Cases of Duke Denham, is uh, he's been doing the Kindle. But you can add, add that guy, the, the whole digital thing yeah. that you're doing. Yeah, in fact, I've even bypassed uh, uh, digital. I have a, 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 a novella series, a detective series, based on one of the characters from the Brother Man comics, Duke Denham. And, I, you know, we, I, I do the direct mail. I started on, um, and I know we're going, running out of time, I did start on Amazon, but Amazon takes no. a big bite out of um, uh, artists and writers. And so I said, I, I could bring my stuff straight to the people. I don't need Amazon. And and so that's what I do. And I even uh, found a platform to send my books out uh, digitally. And so there's ways to do things that you don't have to go through the uh, – these major companies that that do take a lot of your your money that you can do yourself, and if people can find Amazon, you know, with the right amount of uh, pr- promotion, they can find you. Just like you know, you learn about a, a website and then you memorize it and then you share it. Uh, that's how we have to do so we don't have to depend upon um, those major companies. Right, right. Uh, we got a question coming from the chat. Brother Axe, how many people are on this Brother Man comic team versus a typical Marvel or mainstream team of artists comic team? Well, I'll let you take that, Dawood. I know there's three of us, but I don't know how many people work on a, a, a Marvel book. Yeah, I, I, yeah. For me, um, you know, right now, it's, you know, I'm doing all. I'm doing the initial. I wouldn't say penciling now because I'm not using a pencil. I'm using all. It's all digital. But I do the original line work. Brian does the colors. Guy's the writer, and that's pretty much our team right now. Um, I know if you're dealing with other institutions like Marvel or DC, you know they they have a plethora of people that they can pull to do. You know, I, and I'm not. You know, I, I I don't really follow their mode of production, so I don't. Uh, try to be that person right. that's spokesperson. But, you know, they can have somebody doing the lettering, somebody doing the inking, somebody doing, you know, each little stage where we cover, like, one of us may do a whole bunch of things. That's why I say Brian does more than coloring because I might need his assistance to actually help me, like, uh, maybe orchestrate something over here or there because he draws too. So we're just utilizing uh, what we have as opposed to those other companies where, you know, they can have ten people on a project if they want. Right. And if, if Brian wanted to add something up. No, I don't really follow that yeah, production. I, I really I have no expertise in that whatsoever. Um, you know, I'm just kind of still learning. Indeed. Indeed. So, you know, that's a powerhouse. That's an in-house powerhouse team. Well, and I, well, you right. know what I was for people who want to do things like this. You don't need twenty or thirty people to get started. It takes one or two good people to get get things rolling, and then you need you bring people in when you find that you really do need them. Right. Right. I could dig it. Yeah, like, like my dad used to say, 
you don't need a lot of people on your team. You just need a few people that know what they're doing. Right. You need the right people, right. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in addition to this project that you're putting forth, is there anything else that you have lined up in the very near future that you might want to speak on? Uh, well, guy, we, you want to talk about Monster? Oh yeah, well we um, Dawood and I were tapped to uh, take the the book by Walter Dean Myers, his book called Monster. It's been out for twenty years, and so they asked us to adapt it into a graphic novel, and that that comes out. That's by Harper Collins, and that comes out this fall. Uh, I believe it's in October when it hits the market. We have our reader copies, and it looks it looks fabulous. And in fact. It's about 153 right. pages, and you know it really brings the the book to life. Uh, we had mentioned That's we have the cold hard cases of Duke Denham, and that is a de- uh, small detective series that helps to tie the old comic books with the uh, forthcoming graphic novel. And once again, if you go to BCE Pressworks, BCE Pressworks, um, you can find it uh, right there. I think uh, from middle school and up, people are digging it. Oh, oh, Ray, you did you say something? Say that again? No, I said, did you say something, right? No. Okay. No, I think he said, "Is that monster?" Yeah. Uh, oh, make it a reference. Yeah, yeah. I did say, "Was that monster, Cody?" Oh, oh no, 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 no. Master Cody. Yeah, I remember when that book came out in the nineties. No, this is by Walter Dean Myers. There's a story of a young man who's on trial, uh, accused of being an accessory to murder, and it follows him uh in his thoughts and, and what's going on with the trial. No. This is by Walter Dean Myers. And it okay. and it's actually yeah, it was um, required reading in schools for all those years. So a lot of a lot of kids and actually adults, they know that book because they had to read it in school. So it, it's a huge book. And so when the, so for it, it was a New York Times bestseller and a, a Coretta Scott King award-winning book. So when it drops, wow. it already has a built-in audience, and it's being pushed by HarperCollins. So this is me and Guy's first time ever being published by a major publisher. Uh, however, wow. we are still our independent. We still have our independent company. So this is it's really going to be a good opportunity so when that drops the graphic knowledge should be coming brother man should be coming out around the same time so mm-hmm. one is going to really be assisting the other exactly can i ask you brothers two questions sure yes all right the first question would um i've recently been exposed to the world of 3d animation by uh one of our brothers tony kuwait who's going to be a guest on our show in the very near future and the brother gave me a bunch of websites to check out that were um, owned and ran by um, communities of animators and 3D animators and uh, brothers and sisters who were actually making video games. And it blew me away because I never knew the uh, the wealth of um, material that was out there on the Internet that one can use to build a video game. 
Like, I didn't know that they were selling, you know how you go to a different stage in the video game, it might be like, you know, a Metal Gear Solid, you might go to the warehouse, you know what I mean? Like, the, they actually have templates of those worlds. And then they're also selling code and things of that nature. So the code are like algorithms, or rather the code is just open source. So you could buy code for, you know, graphics in the games. But with that all being said, I just want to know, what are the possibilities now that technology has advanced to such a degree that, you know, it is almost possible, in my humble opinion, with, a, with the right group and the right amount of funding, to produce uh, an animated feature film and also a full, fully complete epic video game that's at par with, you know, the video games that many of us grew up um, and made classics. Telling our story, of course, telling our version of, you know, our history and our epic stories and things of that nature. My question would be, like, what is the possibility of that actual actually taking place right now in the now. I think that possibility is here. And actually, um, just to, to, to tail in what we just, to answer this question and to add to what we mentioned before, I forgot to mention, my son did the did the video. Like when you get to our crowdfunding page, he's the one who shot and edited the video. He's a master at uh, filmmaking. Um, he does... Uh, special effects. He does live action film, and he's he's only 24 years old, and, and a lot of this he 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 studied on his own. He's won uh, best picture two years in a row and two two campus film festivals. So shout out the, the, Endosi. Endosi Anyabuile GorillaTactics dot com, and his uh, thing is, and when I look at, I'm sorry, what was that? Sorry, I said that commercial was fired. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he yes, puts it did. down. And, and the thing is, when I look at him, you know, he's part of the team as well, him and, and my other son, Omari. So the thing is, when I look at the, the younger the younger uh, children, you know, even guys' children are very creative, and the things that they can do and the ability of what they have, they're doing top-notch production right now. Is the thing yeah. is, they don't have the funding, and even right. in our case, we don't have the funding, and that's what this is all about. Hey, we get the funding, we already got the team. Between Indeed. who my sons know, who Brian knows, who Guy knows, and who I know, we already know professionals in the industry who are already giving their talent to industry, because industry has the money to lock down their time. If we had the money, we can get all those same people, and we we work on our thing. The thing that holds us back is not do we have the ability to technology, do we have the funding? All for that, you and know what I'm saying? There it is. And my, to drive my that point question. home, you know, the talent is always here. It's just mm-hmm. always underfunded. Exactly. And that will lead into my second question. I want to know from you brothers' research and from your standpoint, is crowdfunding one of the um, most revolutionary apps or disruptors to appear in, on the scene, you know, in a long time? One of many, of course, but one of the most effective? 
I would say so. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, not... I, I think it just it expands what you would do naturally. Um, if you sometimes you have a project and so you reach out to people that you know, your your family and your friends, but now you have a, a worldwide network where you can cast a bigger net and you don't and of course you know you don't know who's watching what you're doing and you don't know how, who has what resources it allows you to tap into people who have resources that you might not have access to normally so i would say that's an extreme uh positive uh, you know or at least it lets you know uh uh it gives you a sense of what the market is of what what people are willing to put their money for yes can i ask one more quick question or are we going to uh other questions real quick? Yes, sir. Wait, we're going to do 11-11. All right, let's do the 11-11. So, yeah, yeah, hold your question. Uh, let's get this meditation in, family. Let's tap into this great divine energy. You know what I'm saying? Let's open up the cosmos and bring these brothers the funding that they need. You know, let's send this positive energy out. Let's resonate on this quantum mind, this unified quantum mind. And, you know, Get these brothers, you know, the assistance, the help, the energy, because it's only energy at the end of the day. All right, family? Again, find yourself in a dark place. We're going to black out. All right? Get our breathing together from your dominoes. We'll be back shortly. Peace.
by the different supplies that are actually available for artists. The dexterity, um, the quality, the um, you know, the oil paints, the Picasso oil paints, uh, the size, the canvases that they were selling, you know, the uh, the quality of some of the pens, the design marker sets, all of these different things had my mind racing, and I was like, yo, if we had brothers and sisters in our community who are master artists, who, you know, are like experts in their field, because Blue was saying earlier that he doesn't want to call you a legend. I'm going to call you a motherfucking legend. I'm going to call you out living legends, but I'm going to say that you're experts in the field no, no, no. of what it is you do. You're qualified. You're more than qualified to be called. You are experts. You know, like, you can sit on panels with Fox and CNN with that with the ticker under says expert. And mm-hmm. if we had brothers and sisters who would be able to teach this to not just the youth, but also the adults, with definitely our younger indigos and crystals and, the you know, these ultra, these uber creative children who have come back with imaginations that, have, that are stretched way beyond the imaginations that we possess. You know, because they've they've been exposed to a digital world. They live in a light that's not analog. They're digital. Something totally different with them. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, with the with the inner cities and things of that nature, or even the outer cities, you know, where our brothers and sisters don't have access to a city, which is great, but they don't have these centers that are centers built for creatives, like after-school centers that are totally, completely changed over. There's 3D printing machines in there now. There's Mac machines. There's those um, those towers that you use for rendering and stuff like that, the ones that you make up and stuff. Um, there's these Wacom tablets, and then we have brothers and sisters. And then there's the slew of online, whatchamacallit, free, you know, all of those online programs that exist, online universities and, you know, the online websites to teach you how to create apps and video games and, you know, um, comics and graphic novels. and Everything is uh, do-it-yourself. Everything is online. I'm like, yo, that would be a great concept. You know, my well, question to you, huh? No, go ahead. I'll wait for the question. I, I was... Yeah, because it reminds me of what you said earlier about the sensor that you were developing many years ago. And I'm looking at it now with everything, with all of the access that is available, that will do, it will capture the imaginations, you know, the uh, the wild imaginations of the youth who are looking for something like that. Because remember, we had arcades. Mm-hmm. We had access to arcades, and those who came before us had access to Nickelodeons. Like, their arcades are personal inside of the house now, you know, inside of these enclosed spaces. You know, they're online with Twitch and other places and things like that, but they're not in these work spaces, you know, um, these huge workspaces like these after-school centers where they're learning how to create. Do you know I read an article about the power of the 3D printing machine with the impression that it leaves on the um, on the mind when you can actually think of something, conceptualize it on the screen, and then press it and print it right there? That's Star Trek-like. <laughs> Yeah. It's an industry disruptor. disrupting the manufacturing industry. It's revolutionizing it. So my my question would be, as artists, what would be 
some of the steps one would have to take to develop centers and things like this in neighborhoods to allocate funds to begin to bring the arts and sciences back to our communities to empower the youth at our hands, not at these missionaries and other people who have ulterior motives and are not really in it for the love and the growth and development and progress of our children. Well, that's, that's incredible that you brought that up because it's funny when Brian said earlier, there's so much to this story that that's a big chapter of the story as well, which is the education of, of I, I, I usually don't just say young minds because there's a lot of people who are our peers who still never got the education and want it. So they need it as well. And, and they're, they're thirsting for it. And since the eighties, I've said, where's the art school? Where, where's the black art college? You know, like, because when I graduated, you know, I really wanted to go to Howard University, and, you know, Guy went to Lincoln, so I used to hang out with Guy at Lincoln, and I was like, man, this is, you know, it was cool, you know, being around people like me, but then when I had to choose college, you know, I had to choose an art college, and to me, I didn't like the vibe in art school. That's why I, I didn't enjoy my college experience, because I was like the only black dude. You know, now when I go, like, to some art colleges now, you know, there's more black students there, they they got Wacom tablets, it's like, oh, okay, I'd rather go back to school now. But still, um, you have the whole concept of, well, it's not just learning art, what about our culture? Where is our culture being taught? Because this, it still a, can be a disconnect of the mind from the talent. And what happens yeah. is, you know, if you connect the mind from the talent, you have basically t- uh, tools for anybody else's usage, and it can be self-destructive yeah. too. So I've always wanted to start, and I, 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 I've actually designed it, the Dawood Anyabwile Art and Mentorship Institute, which I actually just put together, and I was, I was, I was actually soliciting for students. And I, I just really need a facility. But the objective is for to grow the, a full-fledged art institute, and I call it Art and Mentorship Institute because I don't believe in just teaching children how to draw. The students who were at the big city art school years ago, I was giving them assignments that had to do with them. Assignments, so they're learning how to draw, but they're drawing content that relates to them. And they're yeah. using their imagination on top of that. And my my goal now is to expand on that and bring that into the digital era, where they're learning the, the, the state-of-the-art equipment. And like you're saying, we had the funds to get the 3D printer, and I, I'm, I want this to be beyond me being in a class teaching. I just want to build the school and and get the proper directors, the right teachers. And like you're saying, I know community of artists. I mean, just on on Facebook alone, I'm blown away by the friends of mine, the people who I don't really know, but they're kind of like my virtual friends. And it's just like, wow, these guys, these 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 men and women are incredible. But we're we're connected online, but we're still disconnected in reality because we yeah. don't have a facility. Yeah. We don't have we don't have an institution. We're we're just showing each other how good we can draw, but we're not we're not a unit. We don't roll like where uh, young kids can come and 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 be around us and be like, wow, I know that person. You know what I mean? I I learn from this person that everybody is admiring around the world. I I learn from them. And to me, that's what I want to build. And and beyond the art, I want to teach. The, I want to bring in speakers. I want to bring in people who who open up 
the minds of the youth because when their minds open up and they can draw, they become a powerhouse for your community. Powerhouse. Because now powerhouse. they're not just exactly. They're not just haphazardly like I can draw good, but what what it, what are you creating that that's helping your rebuild your community? Because you have a lot of great artists, but they create stuff that that is just it's just self destructive. So really, is it really beneficial to us? But they are great. And sometimes some of the stuff that's worse for us is the stuff that's actually it's done the best. So we uh, have to create. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that I've always said this. You can regentrify any neighborhood if you're an artist. There's no coincidence, family, that the hipsters who are the ones regentrifying all of your neighborhoods, people running and panicking, this is, this revenge of the artists, this attack of the artists, they, those are artists, fans. Like, they send in the artists first. Mm-hmm. Okay. They send in the artists, and what those artists do when they create those nice bagel shops and those lofty places and whatnot, charge you $8 a cut, it's a result of the artwork that they put in. You know, they artistically create uh, a scene, you know, they artistically create, recreate that neighborhood in their in their artistic wave, in their sense. What's stopping you? How can't you regentrify a run-down neighborhood looking like Moorish Spain? Or the ancient mm-hmm. dynasty. Mm-hmm. Can't put an obelisk in the hood, bro. You can't erect that. There's 3D print machines now. You can do all that and then some. So we need to regentrify in our image, in our spirit, in our culture. You know, and even just in our imagination, there's no limits to what you could do because guess what? It all came from you. Once again, you are the co-creator. So, yes, brother, I totally agree. Um my question would be, you know, once we conclude and, you know, once you're successful with your first campaign, we could begin the process of a second crowdfunding campaign to actually acquire that facility because it is something that is a necessity. You, you feel what I'm saying? This yeah, is, it's you know, it's an overdue. It's got to make room on her couch. It should be from... The, and I and my thing is I want to teach from the babies to the elderly, not yes, just indeed. okay. You just get you just get uh, you know people who just want to get into the industry or something. No, we got to start with the babies. We got to start um, teaching them how to draw, teaching them how to think, how to process. I mean, not how to think, but how to how to um, use their imagination and keep that fresh. How to um, not be uh, have their mind being commandeered, you see what I'm saying, yeah. and their creativity being stifled. And you know, even with my sons, when they were like five and six, you know, I was teaching them how to make, you know, make tracks and stuff like that. I gave them the the, the video camera. I was trying to show them, even when they watch cartoons. I said, don't just watch cartoons to watch it. Uh, if you're going to watch it, study the composition. What makes you why why does that scene make you laugh? Because they used a real slow, slow motion and then you can see a detail and then that was making you crack up. So then when he got older and, and started making these films by like fourteen years old, I was blown away. I said, Man, he actually was listening. Because sometimes we think we have to wait to teach children certain things when they're ready. I mean, they're already ready to do stuff and we you know 
sometimes we're not afraid to expose them to things they don't need to be exposed to, but then we don't want to expose them to things that they they can be exposed to that that can advance them. Yeah. You know, even guy with his children. You know, uh, guy, you want to add anything? Yeah, I mean, I you know, I agree. If you know, if we, you know I always think about like Dawood says an art school, and I and I think that really does encompass more than just the the graphical part. There's a lot of the of the arts that really could help our uh, children or just help us be more confident in in who we are. Um, another way of just expressing ourselves in this in this world. You know, we don't see a lot of our own images. And what always frustrates me, especially, you know, I try not to see too much of it on Facebook. You have a lot of people, they're waiting for uh, uh, an image that looks like them from a major company. And I, and I wrote a, a blog piece on that called, you know, waiting on a, waiting on a black superhero, uh, you know, not going to happen. And that, but you see people are waiting and they can create their own, but they don't have, they don't see the value in it because it's, yes. it's not, a major brand, or it's not going to be on the major screens, you know, this weekend. So they don't think that what they have to offer is major. They want to see uh, a major image, and can you shade it up for me? Or can you, um, you had a black character from the 1960s, can you bring that back? And it's like they say, can you bring it out, please? And they are they are long beyond that, that character. They're, they are on their money-making characters. So I, I think a, an art school or those programs, they they do a whole lot for self esteem. They help people to really look at their environments and and what what other possibilities could be. Indeed, indeed, powerful. Absolutely. So we are at the eleven thirty mark. I want to uh, take this time to go to some of these callers, get the family engaged. You know what I'm saying? Get these questions. Pop in first. Let me open up KT's line because I see he's in the building. Brother K. Yeah. Red, you might have to man the board from where you at at this point. I'm on the highway. I think that I might be having a uh, connectivity issue. Right. Yes, sir. Yeah, did you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. No, I said, did you hear me? Oh, you needed me to go into the um, studio? Yeah, yeah, you got to take the ball from this point. All right, let me go up in here. Pass it to a, a thunderstorm or something like that. The sky's lighting up. Okay. I think yeah, but KT KT's line should be open though. Okay, KT, you with us? Alright. Let's go to the next caller though. Please. Oh no, you gotta give me a minute. My my boy ain't up right now. You said what? I said you have to give me a second. I'm having some uh, I'm walking through the spectrum. 
Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, so while we wait, one more time, family, let them know the destination of the Indiegogo campaign, please. Oh, they can go to brothermancomics.com. That's brothermancomics.com. And just click on the link of Brotherman, and it says Indiegogo, and that will take you right to our Indiegogo page. That's the crowdfunding page. dot com, And you can also go to BCE Pressworks, P-R-E-S-S-W-O-R-K-S.com. And it's right there on the main page. Right there on the main page, and that will take you right to our page and you can watch the video and all the information and artwork and all that is on there and you can always email us and if you have any questions we're always happy to answer indeed anything you can give big or small we appreciate if if times you know this is not the time for you financially we get that too you know if you can just share it you know with, with your networks that's cool. We we appreciate that too. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, brother Raz, you there? Let me see if this works. I'm gonna go and open up our brother Rod Pooh's line. Call from the five one six eight one. See if my board is working now. Peace, man. Peace. 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 You know, I'm an artist myself. Peace. Peace. And um, salute to everybody and and greetings and honor, you know. Salute. Be able to make a comment to to the brothers, because I know he said he's 50 years old. I know where we at, right? And um, we spoke to Martin the same generation. Your, your your business is fourteen, fifteen years old right now. What's that? The the business? Your, your, yeah, your comic book business. Your comic book business is fourteen to fifteen years old now. Twenty five. This is the twenty fifth year anniversary. Okay, so wow. you, you know the opportunity to expand and and the requirement to expand really started manifesting last year. It's really strong. I um. You know, I really like the contribution you make. People don't really realize how visual imagery is our first mind. You know, before we learn words and before we learn sentences and and tags for things, we recognize them by sight. And the image is an imprint that manifests as a memory and or later as a imagining. And we, you know, this part... um, of the brain, artists don't lose touch with that creative faculty. You see, and um, and this sense of inner uh, constructionist type of thought just continues to go on no matter how old you are, you know. And I've identified that with the child within, you know. And um, that's all I really wanted to say. The brothers have been very inspirational. That's what art is supposed to do. One more thing uh, is a quote I heard somewhere. I don't know the author. But it, it, and I paraphrase that, you know, whoever controls the art controls the culture. Correct. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, and and the culture, you know, that regentrification, that oh, y'all been spitting all that. 
So I really, you know, you confirm my ideology already with it, <laughs> you know. And I, uh, I, I just want to give other people a chance to speak. That was enough, bro. Peace, you know. Thank you, sir. Peace. Indeed, my brother. Peace. Okay, let's roll over to the 703-703-593. Call us from the 703-593. Call us. Peace. Peace. Call us from the 703-593. Your line is open. Welcome to Notre Ledge. Peace. Okay. All right. We're going to shift to the A six two. All right, call up from the A six two seven five four. A six two seven five four you're in the building. Peace. Call from the A six two, you with us, peace. I can hear you trying to be heard, are you there? Call from the A six two. Going once, going twice. Peace. All right. Let's go to Caller from the eight five eight nine nine nine. Caller from the eight five eight. Peace, you and yours. Hey, peace. Greetings, peace. Is, is, is there some segue in from the GoFundMe uh, aspect to uh, actual pre-order prefabrication? I would. Say what? What was that? I didn't understand that. What was that? Is is there some type of technology that's going to segue from uh, us into a situation right now where we're doing uh, a GoFund uh, before we have anything to where we can actually pre-order prefabrication? So instead of me saying, "Hey, I'm I'm funding this project," I'm actually buying the project before it's created. And then once it's created, I receive what I what I purchase. Oh, you mean like um and and like GoFundMe? See, we're using Indiegogo, and I know with GoFundMe, that's more um, I guess like uh, people who have like life crisis or things like that. Right. They're trying to raise money. It's not a really product oriented. It's more like help me. Mm-hmm. Um, But but are, are you getting my point where I'm saying is basically a is there some, something out there that we that that can be used as a pre-order prefabrication? So so instead of me saying so I'm saying hey you know what how much does the book cost I buy it now you take that you go create it and then you send me my product when it's done. Well, I, I I understand what he's saying. I don't think we have that because one, we haven't 
the book isn't created. I, I, you know, I, I think you're just asking for a right. pre-order. I don't think we're right. we're doing pre-orders. But you can't do pre-orders prefabrication. Is that is that what you're saying? I'm sure people can do it. You know, you get people's uh-huh. money and then you use that money to um, do what you're going to do. But that's that's not the direction that we that we chose to go this time. Okay. Okay. I just I, All right. I, 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 I just wanted to ask that question. Thank you. Okay. Indeed. Appreciate it. Peace, Carla. Peace. All right, family. Yes, indeed. If anybody else on the line has any questions, comments, or concerns, now is the time to press 1 so we can open up and bring you in and let you build. Okay? I'm going to give it another few minutes. All right. Caller from the 404 834 404 834 caller. Peace to you and yours. Peace. Hey, just that word. I got, I got disconnected, so I'm, I'm back in now. Right, all right. But I, I, I feel like the guy Yes, caller from the 202733. 202 caller. Welcome. Peace. Hey, peace, everybody. Uh, this is a great, 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 great call tonight, man. I appreciate both pills for bringing everybody on. Um, I'm aspiring artist and producer, creative, whatever, tinkerer. I'm like, you know, chopping it up with 3D printers to make a music. So I just like everything, you know. Um, could the guests... Like, I mean, not like, you know, verbatim, but just kind of like maybe just uh, give another detailed story about their uh, about their process and how they, you know, get their thing going, like pre- creation mode. Like, they had about two minutes where they were talking about one thing where, you know, maybe a guy's writing something and he has something already that's kind of like that, the guy who's drawing. And so... Like, if they could kind of briefly maybe give another story about, you know, something that's memorable in their creative uh, flow, you know, like the, the way they collab, right. like something that comes to mind, um, that would be great because uh, it was a great little two-minute there they had, and I'd just like to experience that again to kind of program that in, you know, because that was, that was pretty authentic, um, what I was hearing. Like, not pretty, like 100% authentic. So. Right. Okay. Well, I'll jump in, and I I think one of the last things that we just worked on was when we were putting this campaign together, uh, the video that you see when you first uh, get onto the page, and so this was a collaborative effort, not just between uh, me and brother and Brian, but you know Dawood brought his son in, who's the filmmaker, and that's another whole dimension how someone views. Uh, the work and the art and how do you deliver a message. And so, you know, we we all had something to contribute, but eventually it gets into the hands of the the filmmaker and he takes all of our concepts and he's putting it now into a a visual piece that's moving and it has music and words and all like that. And, you know, when when I told him, when I saw that piece, I said, this is stuff that I see on television. And so, you know, I have to separate out you know, um, my nephew as the filmmaker versus just being uh, my nephew whom I've known 
since the day he was born. And so that was yeah. that was a great moment. You know, it's a, it's a first of all, it's a proud moment, but it's just it's a it's a I'll just say magical for you know because I don't I don't know what I don't you know you don't know what the final product's going to be at least for me. And then when he he busted out. I thought that was that was a great moment of a real collaboration on and people respecting people for for what they had to offer. Right, right, right. Pretty nice, pretty nice. Um, uh, I had one other question, um, and that's pertaining to: um, Are you gentlemen familiar with the with the Google Glass? Google Glasses. Yeah. I mean, I've seen them on TV. Okay. Um, I was just wondering um, how, like, uh, much you're familiar with, like, the uh, when it pertains, like, to the virtual world, like, that, that experience. And um, if you have heard or know any of anyone that's maybe doing something along the lines of, like, a comic or even a movie experience um, in relation to, like, the Google Glass or a virtual reality experience. Me, I would say no, I don't. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, um, I don't really know too much about. Yeah, I know people are are doing it now. Um, yeah. I'm trying to remember the name of these brothers. I think who are starting to do it. They're actually up there in New York too. They're really good. But I, 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 I um. Oh crap! It's at the tip of my tongue. But. Yeah, I think they would probably be more to speak on that topic. That's something I see us moving into. But right now, I think we're in the concept development. Because yeah. once you develop a concept and your intellectual property, then what it gets used on, that all becomes secondary. You just find people that, hey, we're we're, we're game people. We're right. um, virtual people. But you already created the concept, so people are buying it in whatever form. So I don't necessarily have to know all the forms. I just have to make sure the story and the the initial presentation is good that draws the people to it, then, you know, you can go to a toilet paper company and have a character on toilet paper, and that, that that's a big business right there. That's, that's uh, it, revenue for your industry, for your company that you're building, your 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 empire that you're building. Most definitely. You know. um, yeah, I think it's special. Pardon me. Oh, no, go ahead. Um... As as far as like when 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 you create something that's totally authentic, your content or whatnot, um, the best way to go about protecting that um, is how. Well, I think for me, for for all the tech stuff, everything I do is copywritten through the U.S. Copyright Office. Okay. I know De, uh, okay. Dawood. Um, for the for the images, is it trademark? Is that what you trademark? Or yeah, trade- you can copyright your images yeah. as well. Okay. Yeah, you copyright the okay. art. You copyright the art and trademark the logo. Okay, I got you. I got you. Hey guys, yeah. I really, I really appreciate it. Um, I really like the work, and but more than that, I just, I, I like to, to share you guys have tonight. So, um, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, peace. All right, thank you, family. Have another caller in the queue. Let's go to caller from the four one nine four nineteen eight ten. Caller from the four one nine. Peace, welcome to No Last Radio. Peace, family. Hey, peace. peace, can you hear me? 
Yes, absolutely. Hello? Yes, we can. Okay. Okay, this is uh, Imani Latif from uh, Teep Game Comics. Um, I just hey, wanted to say... Uh, I, was, I just wanted Peace to say... Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say and, uh, and call in and show my support. Um, and I, I just wanted to share that I think um, Brother Man and Dawood and Guy, they have been my heroes since the 90s. Wow. Um, especially with, with Brother Man comics because, you know, a lot of people talk about the 90s in particular as a real golden age of a lot of really interesting black comics. And they tend to not, they tend to forget Brother Man or, like, they just don't know. And what I have been, like, um, people who don't, for those who don't know, Peace Game Comics is a, is a website. I've been selling digital comics of African by African-American creators. And and I really want to get behind what Dawood is doing, Dawood and Guy is doing now because they supported me by providing their books for my site from the very beginning, and and I was always proud, really proud of that because I always considered Brother Man like our Batman or Spider Man, you know what I mean? So it was really important to have that foundation and. I was really, I honestly was really surprised because I thought this dude, you know, I thought you guys were so established. I was going to have to come out a whole bunch of money. I was going to have to travel and travel to Atlanta and really, you know, put the pitch down, you know. But you guys were so humble and giving, and I just think what you are doing right now is just an extension of that. And I just wanted to show you, you know, my love and support for what you guys are doing. And um, I did want to share too that um, as creators are approaching me with their work, I'm noticing that they, like a lot of young creators, are in need of guidance and mentorship. And I can definitely say that there is a market for, um, even if not just a, a physical institution, but a virtual one, like with webinars and stuff like that where creators could possibly learn online. Um, I can definitely see that in the near future where, like, I think um, a lot of creators are putting together stuff, but they always miss some key point about, you know, maybe anatomy or coloring, um, storytelling, you know, sort of like some of the pieces are there, but they're missing, you know, a few elements, and I think there's a huge opportunity to help these creators, you know, learn more about the craft, and I definitely think... Um, the school, the institution that you're putting together, could definitely live online as well um, as a you know a huge asset to a lot of these young creators. That's 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 all I got. <laughs> hey, yeah, saying? actually, yeah, I, I, I was going to say, um, yeah, when I was talking about the school, I, I actually meant both virtual and um, tangible, like physically tangible and virtual. So there will yes. be a facility that you can come to that from that facility uh, you're, you are actually teaching around the world. Actually, I just taught a virtual class to, to uh, Washington, D.C. students on Monday. Mm. And I teach them uh, visual storytelling, but I teach them from my computer here. So I just have my okay. computer set up where um, the little kids are in the room in Washington, D.C. I'm here in Atlanta, and I just screen share on Skype where I can I can draw in Photoshop, or I can show them pictures in Photoshop, and they can see it there. 
And then mm-hmm. I have a speaker set up behind me that's well lit. So when I want to show them how to do certain things, it's like them watching an instructional video, but I'm real time and I can answer their questions. And I, I, you know, they tell me a lot. They tell me about what they want to do as artists and stuff like that. So I'm actually mentoring and and teaching at the same time. And and this is like a trial run because this is my first virtual class uh, with out of state students. So I can do children in Africa, you know, and any place else once we get this thing uh, established. That's right. Yes, sir. Thank you for taking Thank my call. Yeah, I'm gonna drop a bomb, man. You know what I'm saying? Hello. Give thanks, my brother. All right. Yes, indeed. All right. We're going to go to the 347 365. Age. Oh. Oh. Good evening. Sorry about that. Yes. Um, the show is awesome. Thank you so much. I, I just wanted to. Um, State of fact, you know, not happy with the show, but um, I don't know if you heard um, there was a shooting and they charged the cop with um, murdering the person um, that he shot that was getting away from him. Okay. Hello? Yeah. I heard about it. Yeah. So the, the cop was saying that, well, he... His alibi is that the man was reaching for his taser. And um, anyways, so the black man was trying to get away from him, and he had his back turned, and he shot him eight times and once through the heart, a 50-year-old black man. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And so he, he's been charged with murder. I forget the state. Oh, sorry. Okay. Let me be sure to look that up. Yes, it's all on tape, by the way. It's all on tape. It was, see, you know, reporting that. They had that on tape and stuff, so, yeah. Indeed. Do you have any comments um, pertaining no, to tonight's no, program? No, no, great show. The show is awesome. I'm listening in. Awesome show. No, you, no comments. You're surrounded. Um... Do you have this experience with your youth in terms of are they artistically inclined? Are they creators? You know, do they have the necessary outlet for them to express this level of creation? What Actually, is no. Actually, no. I would say a lot of them, you know, you know, they they're in tune with the whole, you know, networking and stuff and the social networking. That's what they're really into. But um, no one's, you know, particularly into, you know, the visual arts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No. If a school was introduced into your community, um, oh, most definitely, most definitely, the children love um, to express themselves. Yes, Yes, most definitely, the children would love, you know, to express themselves on that level. Especially when, you know, they see that adults, you know, are giving them that 
you know that push? Right. Yes. Right. Yeah, they're well, thank into, you. you know, self-expression. Yes, yes. Thank you, brother. Yes. I, I appreciate it as always. Yes, indeed. Yes, you're welcome. Peace. Many blessings. Indeed. Peace. Thank you. You as well. All right. Thank you. We're going to take another caller. Uh, caller from the 718-718-217. All right. Seven one eight two one seven. PCU and yours. Welcome to the family. Peace, family. It's Vic Cole from Queens, Queens, New York. Vic, what's what's good, my brother? <laughs> what's good, Blue? What's good, Phil? Got that Surface Pro popping, huh? Yeah, I just got it last week. That Surface Pro three, man. Oh man, <laughs> thing is a gem, man. It's really a gem. I I haven't even really been using the artwork as much as I just been enjoying the the Surface by itself. But um, right. I'm loving this show because I come from a background. Uh, I was doing 3D animation for about four years. Went to school visual arts for four years on top of that. Um, before that, honestly, I wasn't even really exposed to the arts. I just kind of grew up knowing how to draw all my life. I inherited that from my father's side of the family. And I, it was never something that my family cultivated because I grew up with my mother's side of the family. So I grew up having this talent, not knowing what to do with it. And it wasn't until I was in college that I actually picked up a color pencil for the first time. So wow. it was crazy because I'm at right now, <laughs> right now I'm 32 and I'm working as a correction officer because I left computer animation behind me because um. Well, between the racism, between the, um, between just working and doing these projects that I really wasn't interested in for, like, Nickelodeon and these other companies, um, I just kind of lost interest in it, you know, work, going without work for months. So I had to get something that was stable, and I ended up doing this. So I'm at a state right now where, you know, I would really love to get back into that animation. I would love to get back into just drawing. I was always drawing characters all my life as a child, going all the way up to college. And when I, I remember there were some times I was looking for work with the computer animation, and some of these guys were like, why aren't you trying to get a, uh, uh, some kind of illustration job? You know, and one of the brothers, one of the guests was speaking. They, they, meant, they said um, one of them is the uh, character creator. And I didn't even realize that's something I should have been doing. <laughs> right. So this has just been an amazing show for that because, you know, I look at what I missed out on and, and I want to be able to give back to these youth and try to maybe open that w- world back up to myself as well while I'm at it. Never, never too late, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I was going to say. I was going to say... I was gonna add. I mean, I I I don't ever I don't ever try to oversimplify um, anybody's situation because I know that it's not always easy to sometimes pursue that what you really wish to do. But um, you know, we we get caught up in this system where we got bills and whatnot, and sometimes that affects our that stifles our creativity as well. But. Mm-hmm. Another thing to just always remember is that you know you still alive. <laughs> you said thirty. You said thirty. Thirty-two. 
still thirty two. Yeah, man, you still still a youngster. You know what I'm saying? So you got you got plenty of time, man, to to um you know just, just reassess. Hey, where am I at? Mm-hmm. And you just, you just look at your job. Your job is helping to sustain you, so that you can you can break free and do the things that you really want to do. And you know, and it takes time. You you make your game plan and you work on your clock. Don't worry, don't worry about anybody else's clock. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wanted to ask you something for the character creators while you're on the phone together. I wanted to ask you something, and I want you to dig deep for this answer. Do you think that you come here already with some of these characters intact? You mean like, um, oh, like when we present like, them fully fleshed out? I, I remember... Yeah, I remember as a child, I used to pull fully fleshed out characters with narratives and everything. And now that I sit here and think about it, I'm like, how did I know this stuff? You know what I'm saying? How did I know to draw onks on them and stuff like that before I was exposed to onks? You know what I'm saying? Like, these yeah. are these are the type of characters that I was fleshing out. Uh, the Electro, you know... You know what I'm saying? All of these prototypical type of characters that later on when I look in comic books and I'm like, wow, you know, that that seems like this character and that sounds like, seems like that character. I used to draw inventions and stuff like that when I was a child and 15, 20 years later, I, I saw those inventions, you know, become creations in, in, in the outer world. So I'm like, um, you know, imagination, you feel me? Like, do we come, like, computers already loaded, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, where does the imagination come from? What are we tapping into when we actually get into creating characters and storylines? And, because, you know, we're talking about The Brothers 30, and I was going to interject and be like, yeah, you know, you got experience, bro. Then I sit back and I'm like, man, we was nine and ten and eleven coming up with characters, you know, <laughs> that, that stick. You know what I'm saying? That people just develop later on in their lives and build upon it. That be their main mm-hmm. character. You know, mm-hmm. It's like we have artists like Rakim that was sixteen and seventeen in those magnum opuses, and and then later on in their years, they can't match that level of creativity and imagination. You know the dexterity of wordplay and things of that nature. You know some of the some of the best ones. You know what I'm saying were 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 young, very young when they was pulling this stuff out of the atmosphere. So where does this stuff come from? Well, I would say, and not trying to get too deep at midnight, and I know I gotta <laughs> I gotta stop off because I got work in the morning. But I would say that you know the, we don't put a lot of. Uh, 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 stock in subconscious, in our subconsciousness. And as you say, you know, you're a child and you, you were drawing onks and you didn't know what they were, but they're, they're in the environment, you know, and, you know, you may have seen it and made, and made no right. conscious connection to them. Right. You know, there's things Lies that... Right, right. I, I remember seeing, I used to watch this TV show when me and my brothers when we were kids, and they, they, they mentioned... Um, this statement, and I, I think I told my brother this. I said they mentioned the statement called "By hook or by crook, we're gonna we'll, we'll find out." And I never knew what that. But I, I yes. didn't find out till I was a grown man at a church, and a Catholic church. And then I'm sitting in church 
and then it finally dawns on me what that statement meant. But it's been sitting in my subconscious from the time I was like eight years old until finally that moment of connection was made. I mean, that's that's what we do. So that's why you can see things as a child, but it doesn't make that connection. And you can even uh, 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 diagram it and exemplify it, talk about it, but you still don't know what you're talking about until it comes to that crossroads in your life where now meaning is is met with your experience, and then it, then it right. then it has meaning. But that that's uh, too deep at midnight for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I have to I have to sign off because I'm up at five fifty. Okay, all right. We're gonna do this. We're gonna take one more call and call it a night. You know what I'm saying? So I got an any mini mighty mo it. Um, let's do the four four two four seven. All right. Four zero four two four seven. Peace to you and yours. Peace. This is Brian. I got booted, so I'm just trying to get back in. Oh, this Brian. Okay, all yeah. right. So that's perfect. Let's go to the eight six zero. Then we ain't got to leave nobody out. Two one two. All right. All right. Exactly. There right. we go. Yes, yeah, my man. That's right. <laughs> You in the building, look at that My man Yeah, my question to The artists, the comic book Phenoms That I just tune in just briefly Um, In regards to Creation um, Does it always come to Rise of how to let's say Capture or to Present a a form of Creation in a form of A a paper That's my question Wait, can you repeat? Did you hear? Did you hear the question? Uh, huh? Uh, let me see if I can repeat. It. Simple. Like any forms of manifesting or you know putting things into existence. When it wants to, um, uh, and I'm like y'all, y'all brothers. I'm, I'm gonna look more into your work, but in regards to y'all creating such things, does it always come in the form when y'all when y'all create? And it's something that. Just, Pops up and you just put down, rush to put on paper, or something you just meditate before deciding to like, like you know, to, um, write down on a like a pen and paper. That's you mean? You mean there's, there's, I'm hearing a lot of noise or something. Um, oh, oh, part of me is set. Got a loud mouth yeah, it, in front of me. It, it sounded like something banging or something. It was hard. That's what was uh, muffling out his question. I mean, I, I'm guessing, were you saying that does character creation start when you hit the paper, or are you saying, is it like yeah, in your any, mind? In any form of creation. Like, mm-hmm. for example, I say, um, I draw, I dab a little bit, but at times, you know, I just notice now that I maybe create certain things and make them like this, what they might perform abstract, and I just simply just, what I visualize or something, I just write it down. And the question I had to ask is, uh, does it really normally go like that? Because sometimes I'm not like a serious creator or artist like that, but at times I do get the little um, hearsay visions. So, and sometimes I just throw it out, and it, it comes out unique in a way, where you know, I'm mm-hmm. not sure. And that's how the creation process goes. That's uh, my question. Yeah. Yeah, I think the creation process is is there is no I don't think there's a formula to creation process. Creation process is 
how each, that's what that's what makes everybody unique. You know, you, you know how like when think think of places like New York City, L.A., or you know any place where you got a lot of street performers and stuff like that. And you may have somebody. I've seen a woman here in Atlanta who um, she was making these paintings with toilet paper, and they were these real. It, it was like, how did she do it? It was just, it was amazing, like how she just took these paints, splashed it, and it didn't look like anything. And then after a couple minutes, it looked like this amazing painting. I saw this lady in New York who was doing that with spray cans. She was using spray cans and uh, switching the caps and making these little small paintings with spray cans that, you know, you figure with spray cans, you got you got a wide spray. But she knew how to uh, knock out these um, skyline things. And then you have somebody else who they got to sit and process something for a whole week and do sketch after sketch after sketch, lay it out, construct it, and the next thing they have a big oil painting. So their process is different. So there's no one way to do it. And that's why I was saying drawing from the soul is it's just how each person does what they do because in the end, what what grabs people is the end result. And with some people, it's the process and then the end result. Okay. I hope that helps. Okay, that's good. And the further, um, and that's that's a very good answer um, you gave up because I thought usually when even in creation anything, uh, either. If, one is an artist or not, or everybody's creating their own way. I find usually it has to go like a certain direction or steps to these things. In regards to nah. there, there's no one way to do anything. Um, I, I get most creative just before I fall asleep. So I'm at that point, I'm not trying to be creative. I'm just being creative. So that makes me think that creativity is an ongoing thing. It just happens when you get out of your way. When you get out of your own way and you stop criticizing yourself and judging yourself and expecting to have a reaction to your stuff and not just doing it for the sake of doing it, that's when when you stop doing when you stop kind of you know over judging yourself. That's when creativity tends to tends to happen. You know, mm, okay. uh, there, there's there's a story about a teacher, a kindergarten teacher, who. Did a, she, she had an art class with these kids and let them just do what they wanted to, but then stopped them at a certain point. When she saw that the artwork was done, she's like, all right, everybody stop painting. She ended up making – well, they ended up making millions of dollars for, uh, during uh, gallery showings. Uh, and, you know, it was just children doing these, this artwork, but it's, it was it – was, uh, high value was placed on it. You know, um, so my saying is that – Everybody is an artist at first, you know. Mm-hmm. We just kind of shut down. You think it's because um, with certain children, at even certain age, um, even our own children, that at times they they put in these so-called dead um, training institutions, what we call education. Their creativity is, in their imagination, is completely stifled to really make them think of one way. Right at times, um, if that was not if there was no regulations to their what they are or how they you know they see themselves you know in a form of drawing or painting that it it brings out the true character and you know nature of what, what they can become and what they could reveal just by a simple yep. image to draw. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. But, okay. 
But I guess I guess answer my questions. Um, Red Pill, Blue Pill, you there? Yes, indeed. Thank you, my brother. Um, y'all guys could um, post these guys' information on your page. I'm going to look these guys up on Facebook. Can you do that? If possible? Yes, sir. sir. All right. Good night. Uh, I'll be linking y'all guys soon on Facebook. Okay, brothers. All right. Thank you, thank son, you. brother. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I want to thank tonight's guests. I want to thank the brother man family. Of course, I want to definitely thank our brother Casey the Arch Three. Um, and for the listeners, everybody out there, for you that was going to hear this in the archive, you know, download it and share it. This is important. This is not a, you know, passive support. We need you to be aggressive on this campaign. We need you to, you know, feel it in your heart. You know, open up your heart and, and see the importance of not only, you know, paying it forward and, and, and participating with something that's already historical and legendary, but think about your future, you know what I'm saying? Think about your, your children's future, you know what I'm saying? Uh, be that change that you always talk about that you want to see in regards to our imagery. And, you know, support the creators. You know what I'm saying? They are the ones that write the future. They are the ones that create the world. So I want to thank you, brothers, for everything that you have done thus far and send you much success on what will be done in the very near future, you know what I'm saying, from this point and beyond. Thank you. And, and we appreciate you having us on and having us on so, you know, so – so quickly because we're at the beginning of our campaign and that's kind of like a crucial time to get started and you know a lot of this is even new for us so you know we we really appreciate that yeah let's push it forward you know what i'm saying let's not even wait yes you know let's start it with a bank you know what i'm saying yeah and we're honored to be at the beginning of the race Absolutely. you know to, to help all right it off so that you did indeed all right. Well, thank you so very much. So we salute much. you. Thank you for a wonderful show. You know what I'm saying? Full of inspiration, full of information, you know? And um, for many generations to come, I hope that this becomes the archive classic that it deserves to be. And, you know, I look forward to uh, being there opening day at your school, at the academy. Uh, yeah. Yes, indeed. That's yes, knowing. indeed. You know? You know? We just, we just, yeah, just, we don't need the keynote, you know what I'm saying? Just, just let us get out for 15, <laughs> 30 minutes, uh, you know, we'll warm it up, you know what I'm saying? We'll warm it yeah. up, pass it like the hot potato, yeah. Hands down. You know? Word. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Yes, indeed. So, we salute you, brothers. You. Peace. Thank you, twins. All right, thank, thank you, you again. for the opportunity. Thank you for helping us with our uh, campaign. I appreciate both of y'all. Thank you, Absolutely. Right. Indiegogo right. campaign, family. Okay. Brother Man graphic novel, Revelation. Hashtag description. All right, check them out on Indiegogo. You can go directly to the page. Check them out on Facebook. All right. They are here. They are in the building. If you didn't know that they existed, now you know plus all the history that goes along with it. It's a monumental, beautiful thing when you have something that you can call your own. All right? So embrace the family. 
do what you can. You know what I'm saying? That's all we ask of you. All right, Brother Red. The show tonight, family, is sponsored by kingscounty.bigcartel.com. That's K-I-N-G-Z-K-O-U-N-T-Y dot B-I-G-C-A-R-T-E-L dot com. We have your wardrobe for all of the soldiers out there, all of the frontline soldiers, all of the family in the Army of Consciousness. You know, you can't march them to the field until you have your uniform on. We just launched our new Harlem Renaissance line to pay homage to the Black Mecca. Um, I'm anticipating on selling one million of those. Uh, you know, that's my limp, that's my my you know that's my small uh, projection. You know, but I, I'm wait to see the design family. It will be up tomorrow. Kingscounty.bigcartel.com. Salute to all the family in town for Dr. Ben's funeral. Yeah. And uh, going away service is going to be a celebration of his life and his works, and also, you know, a celebration of those of us that are here doing the work in his name and the ancestors' name, standing on those great shoulders. Check out Black Magic 363, Brother Rich, at YouTube Underground Railroad. He has the first segment of the lecture that I did with Tosh Tariq Bay, Philadelphia, on his page. Also, Blue Pills 44. Um, and a Blood Moon um, clip that he has up there that is mind-blowing, full of information. And uh, we look forward to seeing the family again every Tuesday and Friday. See us on Friday. We're going to have another powerful show for you. Salute, peace, and love. Blue, you got the equatorial? Nah, not about it. Kendrick. Huh? Yeah. Kendrick or something, man. Now, they're not ready for that. They're not ready for that. We'll get that ready with the, uh, we'll get this more fire popping. They're calling for that, so. What, the Kendrick? Gotta make that happen. No, I was saying, leave him with I mean, Kendrick. If you got the mortal man or something from Kendrick. Yeah, I got that. All right. No yeah, doubt, fair. I got mortal man. Yes, yes, I uh-huh. All right, All right. Yeah, we're going to end on this note. You know, get his brother some shine. All right? If you haven't heard of my album as of yet, make sure that you go get that Kendrick Lamar, How to Pimp a Butterfly. Epic, epic piece of work. Oh, it's a pimp a butterfly. My bad. All right? For the creators, peace, love, and light.
Won't you look to your left and right, make sure you ask your friends When shit hits the fan, is you still a fan? Do you believe in me? Are you deceiving me? Could I let you down easily? Is your heart where it need to be? Is your smile on permanent? Is your foul on lifetime? What you know what the sermon is? If I died in this next line, if I'm tried in the court of law, if the industry cut me off, if the government want me dead, crack cocaine in my car, would you judge me a drug head or see me as Kayla Mar? Or question my character and degrade me on every block? Want you to love me like Nelson? Want you to hug me like Nelson? I freed you for being a slave in your mind. You're very welcome. You tell me my song is more than a song. It's surely a blessing. But a prophet ain't a prophet till he asks you this question. When shit hit the fan, is you still a fan? When shit hit the fan, is you still a fan? Won't you look to your left or right? Make sure you ask your friend. When shit hit the fan, is you still a fan? The coast of Mandela, hope my flow stay propelling. Let my word be your earth and moon, you consume every message. As I leave this army, make room for mistakes and depression. And with that... Do you believe in me? How much you believe in her? Around if them 25 years occur, you think he can hold you down when you down behind bars hurt? You think y'all on common ground if you promise to be the first? Can you be immortalized without your life being expired? Even though y'all share the same blood, is it worth the time? Like who got your best interest? Like how much are you dependent? How clutch are the people that say they love you and who pretended? How tough is your skin when they turn you in? Do you show forgiveness? What brush do you bend with dust in your shoulders from being offended? What kind of den did they put you in when the lions are hissing? What kind of bridge did they burn revenge on your mind? When it's mentioned, you wanna love like Nelson. You wanna be like Nelson. You wanna walk in his shoes, but your peacemaking seldom. You wanna be remembered that deliver the message that considers the blessing of everyone. This your lesson for everyone. Say when shit hit the fan, is you still a fan? When shit hit the fan, is you still a fan? Won't you look to your left and right? Make sure you ask your friends. When shit hit the fan, is you still a fan? The voice of Mandela, hope this flow stay propelling. Let my word be your earth and moon, you consume every message. As I leave this army, make room for mistakes and depression. And if you riding with me, nigga, I've been wrote off before. I got abandonment issues, I hold grudges like bad judges. Don't let me resist you, that's not Nelson like. Want you to love me like Nelson. I went to Robbins Island analyzing, that's where his cell is, so I can find clarity. Like how much you cherish me. Is this relationship a fake or real? It's the heaven's beast. See, I gotta question it all, family. Friends, fans, cats, dogs, trees, plants, grass, how to wind blow, Murphy's Law, Generation X, will I ever be your ex? Flaws of a baby step, mauled by the mouth a bit, paws put me under stress, crawled under rocks, ducking y'all, it's respect within tomorrow, put my back against the wall, how many leaders you said you needed, then left them for dead, is it Moses, is it Huey Newton, or Detroit Red, is it Martin Luther, JFK, shooting you assassin, is it Jackie, is it Jesse, oh I know it's Michael Jackson, oh when shit hit the fan, is you still a fan? That nigga gave us Billy Jean, you say he touched those kids? When shit hit the fan, then you still a fan. The ghost of Mandela, hope my flow they propellin'. Let my word be your earth and move, you consume every message. As I leave this army, make room for mistakes and depression. And if you ride with me, nigga, let me ask this question, nigga. Misusing your influence Sometimes I did the same Abusing my power full of resentment Resentment that turned into a deep depression Found myself screaming in the hotel room 